0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: good morning, everybody. I'm Rich Youngman here rolling live on Southern Sports Central alongside across the way, pushing the buttons, answering the phone, handling social media. Will Porter here for another five-star show on Southern Sports Central. Blog Talk Radio is the family radio network that we're part of here this morning. We've got a big one here as uh, we're, um, well, got a lot going to happen here uh, this morning. We're actually going to have only a couple of guests here join us this morning. Uh, the first one will be Lou Bizjack. He is from the state paper. Uh, he's done a great job covering uh, not only the uh, the big game coming up this Saturday, which is going to be the Shrine Bowl. Uh, he'll be uh, recapping what he's seen and what he's been around here this week with us, as well as, of course, national signing day which was yesterday. Uh, he covered that as well for the Gamecocks and the Tigers and a few others around the state here in South Carolina. And again, is uh, Lou Bizjak at 7.30 will join us. He's a prep sports coordinator at the State Paper in Columbia, South Carolina, and uh, formerly uh, at the uh, the Voice of the PD. So uh, we'll, we'll check in with Lou at 7.30. Then at 8 o'clock, Bryce Coon. He, of course, uh, is with uh, a handful of people. He's over there out of Columbus, Georgia, uh, part of the 24-7 sports family. He covers uh, so many great things there, uh, not only with Georgia Tech, with uh, the Georgia Bulldogs just uh, overall uh, he's kept a, a close eye on national signing day yesterday as well. He uh, has a, his own show that's called the crowded booth. Uh, they cover a lot of things on Thursday morning at 10 o'clock. Uh, you can follow us on uh, Twitter at Central, and uh, we'll get you the link to listen to those guys as they go live at 10 o'clock this morning, every Thursday at 10 a.m. Check them out on Facebook. Uh, I believe it's where they uh, broadcast out of. So you want to check that out now. Throughout the day, you can always call in here uh, for the next two hours and hang out with us. The number to call in is 323 784 9681. That's the easiest way to get in here with us this morning and hang out with us. Again, you can follow us on SO Sports Central. Uh, that's one way. And then, of course, on uh, Facebook, that's Southern Sports Central. So without further ado, I'll bring in. Uh, Let's bring Will in here a little bit this morning. And, uh, again, yesterday, good day for a lot of teams. I thought South Carolina, the Gamecocks, ended up uh, with uh, two five-star guys. That was pretty big. Uh, They got one to stay home, and they got one to uh, come to Columbia. Of course, uh, the one to come to Columbia was a uh, running back, five-star running back, who comes out of Maryland. He'll come down to South Carolina and uh, play some college football. And then uh, a young man that uh, a lot of people thought he was going to pick up a hat and put it on that said Clemson and uh, some thought maybe outside the state. But definitely I don't know if a lot of folks thought that uh, he was going to put a Gamecock hat on, but we'll talk about that guy in a lot more. But, uh, of course, Clemson finishes out number one, Will. Uh, You knew that was going to be the case. He just does the best job in the country at recruiting. I mean, this guy, again, uh, he'd be the best salesman uh, in in any industry. And, again, in the recruiting industry, he
2: continues to do what he does, Will. Right and uh, good morning to you and good morning everybody. Um, yeah, yeah, I tell you, Clemson being number one in, in this ranking here, it, it does not uh, it does not surprise me. Uh, it does not shock me because uh, there, there just happens to be those uh, those factors there that that Dabo does such an excellent job and um, and, and that it's a testament to. Um, and and I've, I think I've said it before that the kids that are there already um, that they continue to want to play and to have that experience and there at clemson i think is the best uh the best experience that you could possibly have and then uh you know some news uh news yesterday as well talking about some more um it just it just moves in the um talking about in the in the uh the classes that were recruited uh three sec teams uh, were in the top five uh then you include tennessee and nebraska uh, they jump into the top 20 and so i think that there, there's a lot to uh there's a lot to learn from yesterday um definitely some uh some people that committed or some of the kids that committed uh they they end up flipping schools and going elsewhere um then uh, we're gonna get more into that uh, as the show goes on and of course we have our guests uh that were covering it uh all yesterday and
1: you mentioned uh how many i mean did you say was that in the top five uh
2: there were three s e c teams in the top five
1: Seven out of the top ten.
2: Seven out of the top ten. Yeah. So, That's for everybody figures, that wonders
1: yeah. wonders what the SEC is like, uh, there you go. And, again, these kids still have to get there. They still have to, you know, qualify. And, again, until these kids walk on campus, you know, this is just another step, another process. I don't know how many times you've watched kids, if you're a Gamecock or somebody else maybe, they get, you know, you get excited, they sign that letter, and that means they're a done deal. They still have to qualify. They still have to get some of the grades in check. And that ends up leading them sometimes to Georgia Military College or another college and then they come in after a year or two of getting the grades in order. So, you know, it, it is what it is. It's an argument's sake for us all, but here's how the top 10 looks. Now, Clemson ends up uh, with 23. Check that. 23 total uh, signs yesterday. Uh, six of those were five stars. 13 of those four stars and only four three stars. Again, uh, that's the number one class uh, as of Uh, yesterday, last night, midnight, uh, that came through. Now, Alabama finishes out with three five-stars with uh, 26 total uh, commitments yesterday. Ohio State, three five-stars, 26 commits yesterday. LSU comes in at number four. Georgia, number five. A&M, number six. Florida, number seven. Auburn, number eight. Tennessee, number 10. And Oregon, excuse me, Tennessee, number nine. And Oregon, number 10. That rounds out your top 10. Coming at number 11 is going to be Michigan, Oklahoma, Washington, Penn State, Notre Dame. Look at that, Notre Dame jumping in the top 15. Miami right outside of that at number 16. North Carolina, watch out. Look at that. They have a top 20 recruiting class, and that's good stuff for the ACC because if you look through here, and I'm looking one more time before I make this comment, I don't see any other... ACC school until you get well Miami's 16 and then 17 is uh, North Carolina and I know you're going to sit here and, and somebody's going to say well Notre Dame's 15 well, Notre Dame don't play in the ACC buddy
2: <laughs> Notre Dame is only there Yeah, Notre, Notre Dame is still independent yeah. uh, in football yeah, they may be associated with the ACC and other sports but in football they're still independent They, yeah they they run the show in the ACC they tell the ACC what they're going to do that's,
1: that's, that's by God awful that's embarrassing uh yeah well i don't like that by the way i I think that's how do you bring somebody in and and they tell you how they're gonna do it i mean that'd be like bringing somebody in your house and them rewriting the rules of how things are done that's just do you need them that bad and the other sports they bring that much revenue they don't the revenue that they bring the most in is the one thing you ain't getting and that's football
2: yeah and that they have that, uh, that TV deal with NBC. Uh, I, I'm not sure how, how long that it's going to go for or, or until it expires, but that they always bring in that revenue. Um, you, you have diehard uh, Notre Dame fans that are just uh, like all across the country from, from East coast to West coast and back again um, that they, they tune in on Saturdays uh, to watch the, the NBC crew and the, and that broadcast of Notre Dame games, uh, wherever they go, whether or not it is um, where there, it is at home in uh, I think it's South Bend um whether it is at home in Indiana or or going elsewhere but um and how I know that they're die hard is because um I remember this uh tiny little tangent here but they they decided to do something different with the broadcast team and they had a camera set up on the sideline kind of like an eagle eye view of the play and it, it kind of it, it threw a lot of the viewers off because it's not the, the one that you're used to used to from the press box being stationary and it just and it just pivots with the play as it goes. With right. this camera, they were what the producers were hoping for was that it would it would kind of just show a like a wider lens view of the entire play. And fans didn't like that and they they were really traditional with their um they, they were just really traditional with where the camera was and. How it was situated on the field. So just kind of kind of a little tidbit there of just how hardcore that uh, football fans in Notre Dame are.
1: Well, yeah, I think all fans are like that. They're just spoiled to what they're used to. They don't like change. Old people don't like change either. And here's the deal, uh, right. you know, I mean, the ACC's got a bunch of TV networks over there. They could program a team or put a put a team together to go and broadcast the game, uh, and they would actually put the same guys together. If that's what it took. They would do what they need to do. But the deal is, I don't think uh, Notre Dame's not going anywhere. Uh, in the near future with the, their contract with NBC. Uh, but anywho, let's go back to it. So, Notre Dame is at number 15 in, the, uh, in, in yesterday's national signing day. Number 16 is Miami. Number 17, North Carolina. Number 18, Nebraska. The Gamecocks coming in 19, as I mentioned, 2-5 stars. 22 overall signees yesterday. Kentucky right there at number 20. 21, Texas. 22, Florida State. Georgia Tech, look at the rumble and rec getting in there at the top 25 at number 23 with 24 commits yesterday for those four stars. Stanford at number 18 with one five-star, They're number 24. You know who they got yesterday? It's a running back. Emmett Smith kid came in yesterday. We're going to play a video, and I uh, sent that through yesterday. Uh, of what he said, and, and the moms and dads and players and anybody. I, I want everybody to listen to this interview when we come back from break. Uh, this is Emmett Smith talking uh, to the media about why his kid didn't choose Florida. And the way he describes it, dads, I hope you listen to this one 110%. I hope you hear him loud and clear because I know a lot of dads struggle with living through their kids and, and wanting the best. I get it, but uh, he's going to put it better than anybody I've heard, period uh round out the top 25 mississippi state now if you look at this top 25 class and and we'll break it down here during the break here in a few but um man the sec has done a phenomenal job rebounding getting these kids to come back into this this conference and it's expecting these. i mean you know you kind of see it the way it is but uh you know vanderbilt i think is one of the only teams that you don't really see in here and uh I think where Ole Miss might be. Ole Miss, I don't think Ole Miss is in this conversation. I know Missouri's sitting down there at 71. Uh, Vanderbilt's sitting somewhere down at 55. Virginia, is, uh, talking about the ACC, they're on 58, by the way. Virginia Tech, now this is a team that has done extremely well at recruiting. And they're at 71. Virginia Tech always is in the top 25 from what I remember. Virginia Tech hardly ever struggles getting uh, – Getting the right kids in there, even Southern cows all the way down at 76 in recruiting. You know, those are the things that you know you, you kind of think about. But Arkansas is a team, Vanderbilt's a team. Uh, like I mentioned, Missouri is a team that you're not hearing anything about. And uh, matter of fact, I don't even see Ole Miss on the list. So if that tells you how bad things are, uh, that that's kind of you know what's going on. And again, I might have overlooked it here. I'm going back through my list here one more time, but. You know, you look at the SEC, their top 25, man, Ole Miss, um, they don't see them. But the rest of them are there. Kentucky's there. Tennessee's there. Florida's there. All right? The only two teams that are not in the top 25 out of the SEC East are Vanderbilt, who's ahead of Missouri. Everybody else is hanging out inside the top 25.
2: That shows you the direction of where this conference is going back to. Yeah, and that, that's, the, that's the direction of the SEC East. And, of course, we'll, we'll dive in, into more of this after the break um, in, in just a few seconds here. But, um, yeah, we're going we're gonna to dive into really uh, kind of talking about what that means for the SEC East uh, coming up this year because uh, it, it was a breakthrough season, I think, for Florida and for a lot of the, uh, a lot of the teams there. Uh, and I, I think that things are looking up uh, for, for a bunch of teams on, on the East, especially uh, a South Carolina team. And uh, Georgia is uh, hopefully, hopefully going to get past this, uh, this curve that is an SEC championship and uh, continue to establish dominance. And we'll find out, of course, um, in, the coming, in the coming weeks where Jake Fromm is going to end up, if he's going to commit to the draft or if he's going to end up going um, or if he's going to end up uh, staying into, um, stay for a senior year. So we'll, we'll dive into all of that.
1: Well, I'm going to tell you this, uh, what we are going to do, let's we'll head to a break. We come back. I want to play that 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 piece from Emmitt uh, from Smith, who's a former running back for the Florida Gators, former big-time running back, All-American Hall of Famer, you name it, that's what he is uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, we'll play that in much more. I do want to hear from you today, so let's settle up and uh, let's uh, get right to a great show. As we're going to go to a break. Three two three seven eight four nine six eight one. That's the number to call in here. We'll break down National Signing Day when we come back. You're listening to Southern Sports Central Live on Blog Talk Radio.
0: Let's get it started in here. And the base. Key. Running, running and running, running, and running. And running, running, and running, running, and running, running, and running, running, and running, running and running, running and In this context, there's no disrespect. So when I bust him around five minutes for it to disconnect from all intellect and let the rhythm affect and Follow your intuition. We are in a so and break away from tradition. But when we be out, you're fully be there. Output transcript Out for the children out for the children out acting up from Northwest East. South. Everybody here, everybody, here. let's get into it. Get stomped. Let's, 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 let's get it started. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. In here. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. Body and soul, don't move to back, people just take it slow. Don't get ahead, just jump into to it. Y'all hear about it, look do it. Get started, get stupid. Don't worry about it. People will want to do it step by step, like they new kid, it's by inch with a new solution. Transmit itch with no delusion. The feelings are recruitable, that's how we move it. Everybody, yeah. everybody, yeah. just get into yeah. it. Yeah. Get stoked. I'm out, I'm out. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. in yeah. here, let's get it started. Let's get it started. in yeah. here, let's get it started. Let's get it started. started. Yeah. Yeah. in here, The world brings a bug. Lose your mind, this is the time you'll get this tilt to compend your spine. Just bob your head like me, Apple D. I'm beside your club or in your belly. Get messy, loud and sick. Your my fast no more than the head trip. So come them now, do not correct it. Just get dignity, let's get hectic. Everybody, everybody, get into get it. It's it. no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Started in here. Let's get it started. Let's get it started in here. Let's, Let's, Let's get it started. Let's get it started in here. Let's get it started. Let's get it started in here.
1: Run in, run in, run in, and run in, Hey, welcome back, everybody. Running into another segment here on Southern Sports Central. I'm Richella, alongside Will Porter here as we're going to get you up to date and let you hear all the uh, National Signing Day news. Uh, broke down the top 25 uh, last night. Got into it a little bit here in the opening segment. But here's how it looks for the top 25. Uh, the SEC had the most 10. Count them up, 10 teams in the top 25. That's a huge number five. Out of the ACC, four out of the Big Ten, three out of the pack, out of the Pack 16, pac 12, whatever it is this week. Uh, the Big 12 has two, and independently, Notre Dame comes in with that number one situation there. So uh, there you see it right there in front of you. Um, pretty impressive uh, for everybody who uh, likes to dog out the SEC, and, and I get it. You know, when you're the best, everybody wants to come after you. Uh, you see that in your jobs, you see that in life, and you see that in college football. You even see it in the NFL, uh, where people don't like the Patriots. Well, you don't like the Patriots because they win all the time. You just get tired of seeing it. Uh, you see it in NASCAR with Jimmy Johnson and and uh, Jeff Gordon's. Uh, you know when these guys are constantly
2: winning. Hey, jealousy is a mean, ugly. Yeah, right. Win. Yeah, right now it's Kyle Busch, and I'm probably gonna maybe dive into some NASCAR in the off season on the Saturdays um, on the Saturday shows. Um, like I mentioned it to you before, I got a friend of mine who knows a lot a lot more about NASCAR than I do. But hey, well. We'll see where that goes. Right. Have right, fun with today. But right right now we are on the topic of football and National Signing Day, so let's dive in right into yeah. it.
1: No, I mean, and it is a good thing about what you do on Saturdays, Will. For you guys who are listening maybe for the first time or uh, for the next time or what have you, you know, Will Porter, of course, uh, you know, I gave him the keys to the car on Saturday and let him ride around for a couple hours in it, and uh, he does a good job with it. Now the fun part, of course, with football in college and high school, uh, well, at least high school's over but the college aspect of it's going to start slowing down here in the next couple of months. So who knows what direction he's going to go with it? You know, he could go with some some MLB. He can do his own thing, uh, and I know he's going to do a great job with it. I'll back out a little bit more and more every Saturday so that he can kind of have his own his own niche on the things on Saturday. But uh, definitely check Will out on Saturday mornings, uh, eight to ten is the time. It is the fifth quarter show. He does a good job with it, so check him out. Call him in and uh, hang out with him. Now that being said, uh, over the weekend. Um, coming up there is going to be an all-star game it's the final all-star game for the state of south carolina they're going to play in uh north carolina versus south carolina it will be i promise you if you're in the spartanburg area if you can get to spartanburg south carolina in that area up there by wofford college you want to go over there and check that out uh, i've had a handful of coaches that i've talked to said that man it, it's a great group of kids again another great opportunity for uh, us to showcase talent not only in north carolina in South Carolina as well. Today, they're heading to the hospital, St. Jude's Hospital, which is the whole deal that they do it. The Shriners are the, uh, are the founders here. These guys are the uh, the money behind the madness there. And uh, you heard yesterday, uh, one of the young men that came on the show uh, from Fort Dorchester came in here and, and talked to us. He said that that's one of the things he's looking forward to the most. Now, yesterday, uh, of course, I got the invitation about a week ago and then was um, made sure again that I was aware that, hey, I got a seat at the table, the police come in and watch, uh, you know, not one but two guys uh, sign their letter of intent over at Fort Dorchester. And I took them along. I showed up, and it was pretty neat. You know, you're doing something right when Mama comes up to you and gives you a hug. You know, daddy's going to get fist bump you because, hey, I –
2: we do. He's gonna he's gonna fist bump you or dap you up,
1: one of the two. Something's happening. Yeah, and 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 of course I got I got the fist bump, the hug, and the smiles, man. It was cool. And of course, mom gave it to me. I got to meet a lot of. I got to meet the preacher yesterday, so I, I was living good yesterday on the hug, as they say. But it was a lot of fun to go there and watch Emmanuel Johnson. Of course, EJ is a defensive lineman for Fort Dorchester. he's going to Georgia Tech. He signed his letter yesterday, and then Brandon Johnson, the young man who came on to our show right here, Southern Sports Central. And uh, announced where he was going to take his talents for the next not four years, but the next forty years. He said it was a forty-year uh, deal, and uh, we'll, we'll try to size up some of those. Uh, so, but well, you know what we'll do? We'll, we'll get both of those interviews up, and uh, and we'll play those uh, after the next break. Uh, throughout the show, at some point, we'll we'll bring up Brandon number one, Brandon number two, because uh, uh, <laughs> you know we'll we'll see kind of what we have here. But Emmanuel Johnson is uh, is the man going to Georgia Tech? Of course, uh, a big guy. Big, big, fierce guy. I haven't had him on here yet. We'll get him in here hopefully uh, next couple of weeks. But um, definitely a lot of fun yesterday. It meant a lot to me to get there. Got to talk to Coach LaPrade, uh, you know, uh, on the stage yesterday, and that was a lot of fun as well. Just getting a chance to be around uh, the excitement of their parents and seeing the students that walked into the auditorium and just getting that support happened all across the country yesterday. Some people did it in gymnasiums. Some people did it in um, auditoriums. And I'm sure there were other places that people decided to go to. Of course, yesterday, if you're at the Shrine Bowl, I watched that one too. By the way, got to see Mason Garcia sign on board with like four other dudes going to East Carolina that he's playing uh, over at the Shrine Bowl with. That's pretty cool. Uh, got to see the guy from uh, Georgia State, the quarterback that we had in here from, uh, um, was it Chapman? It's yes, Chapman. There you go. Chapman. It. I got it right. The so Chapman's quarterback. He came on yesterday on the uh, on the live feed off of Facebook from. Uh, uh, the Shrine Bowl did his thing, but there were so many different guys. Jalen Hyatt. Now, they did a great piece on Jalen Hyatt, and I may send that one to you. We may play that one, too. ESPN, I think it was ESPN. might have been Fox, but one of those two networks uh, broke down Tennessee high, picking this kid up, and, and the words that they used to describe Jalen is amazing. Of course, Virginia um, picks up uh, Mr. Davis out of Woodland High School. Uh, this kid is every bit as elusive, and and that's kind of – a conversation that I'm going to ask Lou about, about 7.30. Uh, we'll check in with him, but uh, we're going to do this. We're uh, we we did. We're losing a lot of kids out of the state. And that's one thing I'm going to check in with Lou uh, when we come back from break. But let's play this piece from uh, this again. Dads, I need you to listen. I need you to hear this. Moms, I need you to listen too, but dads, a little bit more. Uh, I know you got young ones coming up in the house, and I know you used to play the sport, and I know you used to do it this way, and I know there's a lot of you in the conversation, but I don't need it to be about you. I need to let you uh, allow that to be about them. But listen to what um, Emmett Smith says. Listen to what Emmett Smith says about his uh, all-American five-star running back child who is going to now play at the next level out of high school. Everybody thought he was going to be a Gator. It didn't happen that way. Here's uh, that piece.
2: Yeah, so it's uh, talking about um, EJ. EJ. EJ is uh, Emmett Smith's uh, son. Here's the piece.
1: Great emotion there. And Emmett, and, and last thing,
3: he obviously did not pick up uh, the hat of your alma mater. I wonder what just the, the advice that you gave him was throughout this process, knowing the schools that he was choosing between.
4: You know, I'm going to take this hat. I'm going to wear this hat. <laughs> <laughs> but I can wear the hat, this hat. He doesn't have to wear this hat. You know, his daddy went here. That doesn't mean that my son has to go there. At the, at the end of the day... My son has his own journey, and it is his journey, not my journey. And for him to do the things that is best for him is what we teach all of our children to find what is best for you and go make it happen for yourself. And I'm proud of him for standing up and being the man that he is, the man that he will continue to become. And uh, I'm a gator. He's still a Gator because he's in my family. That's his, and and, and uh, my wife is a Gator because she's in our family. So we're we're still a family of Gators, but we're supporting not only EJ, we support Scholar, we support Jasmine, we support Reagan and Elijah, all of our children, no matter where they go. We're going to be parents first. Then we can fall in with our kids, fall in second.
1: And to me, that exactly is mom's dad's, grandma's, your neighbor next door, everybody, get on board with what he just said. You know, just because he doesn't go to where you want him to go or he's not going to be what you want him to be, that doesn't mean he's still not a part of you. He's still not a part of your legacy, your tradition, your past. I mean, uh, fortunately and unfortunately, he's part of what you bring to the table. Because uh, not all dads and moms have lived that great life that, that, that you know, because, uh, you know, when when little Johnny runs down the street, you know, sometimes they say, hey, that's, that's Bill's son. That's a good guy there. Or they say, oh, dear God. That's Bill's son. I mean, it goes either way. It happens, you know. Because Bill, if you're not getting it together, brother, man, that kid's got to eat. He's got to eat your. He's got to eat your leftovers for a long time until he builds his own thing. But I love the answer to that. Just because you went there doesn't mean he has to go. You know, I played. I played sports my whole life. I've got Jacob and I've got Mason. Now Jacob has, you know, gone through and he's playing. He's playing high school baseball at Somerville. He's doing his thing. But it's like I told him, dude, if you're done, you're done. That's cool with me. But you're going to be something. You don't have to be a baseball player. But you're going to be something. But whatever you're going to be, you're going to be good at it. So if you're going to be a waiter, you're going to be the best waiter that's ever waited tables. If you're going to be the best astronaut, you're going to be the best astronaut that's ever been an astronaut. It doesn't matter to me what you want to be. You're going to be great at what you're going to be. That's just the way it works. That's all I ask you. you don't I, Look, I don't care, dude. I played sports. I went through that ringer. You know, that's one thing I, 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 you know, I'm 41 years old. I go work out in the weight room, and I'll head over to Somerville or, or wherever I, you know, usually it's Somerville because I'm right down the street from there. And as I'm working out, you know, you get these little young kids in there, and I, hey, look, I love those boys because I've watched them play football at Somerville, and, and and the Luke Taylors of the world like to come over and bust my chops a little bit. And, of course, he's 17, 18 years old, and he's like, well, that's all you got? I was like, dude, I'm 41. You think I'm here to impress you, dude? Not even. You want to compare notes? Because you know what I was doing when I was your age? And they quickly be quiet. Because I remember this time of year when letters of recruiting was coming in and well, how many I got. So you want to compare, you know, you, you want to go wallet to wallet? You want to go stat to stat, dude? I don't think you have time for it. And it quickly shuts them down. But it's fun, though. It is a lot of fun. But the thing is, I'm going to give 100% when I'm in the weight room at my age or what I do, how I do what I do. And that's all I ask of my kid, And that's all I ask of the Somerville kids, the Fort Dorchester kids, the Goose Creek children. Look, dude, when you go out, Ball out. I think Coach Knox nailed it in his pregame. Heart. Come out here with heart. As of right now, for the next three hours, this is the most important thing in your life. At the end of this game, we'll reevaluate everything. But while you're doing this, do this well. And that's just one of the many things that I that I took out of that.
2: Yeah, for sure. One thing that, that Emmett Smith touched on was about um, you know, despite him, uh, he committed to Stanford. Stanford, um, out there west coast football and um you know Emmett was talking about how he he's still he's still a gator because uh the, he's part of he's still part of this family um that doesn't mean that that he's an outcast by not going to Florida um or, or to Georgia for that matter there, there were four hats on the table and he um and he picked the one uh, the Stanford Cardinal but you know Emmett uh Emmett Smith really really touched on that how um you know it it really is uh his his son's journey and um just the, the love and support that um that only he can be able to just he can just give he's not gonna um no pressure into saying no, you should really choose Florida, they're gonna love you there no i mean possibly true because you're you're the you're the son of a legend um uh, that that's probably going to get his statue um outside the stadium at the swamp but or or something like that. And of course I'm of course I'm just talking on it but you know he 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 brought up that point talking about uh just it, it speaks to his heart and his character um Emmett Smith and talking about how um just, it, you can just you can just hear it in his voice how much that he loves his son when whenever he's talking about him in that light and saying um, you know, just how he advised him, and 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 just all moving forward, um, it, it it was really something special to behold and to just listen to because it it because because I I have a dad and and the the thing about him is that he always tells me, you know, no matter no matter what you do, no matter uh, where you go, I'm always going to be proud of you. Just just make sure that you're doing right by yourself first. And I think that that, that to me is, is something that sticks in the back of my mind moving forward. And in the same light, I think that's what Emma Smith was uh, telling, uh, telling the ESPN uh, reporter there in the studio, when he, re- he was talking about his son, EJ, uh, selecting a school that, that he did not go to.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and that's the hardest thing. And I, and I can only imagine, we've got to go to break here uh, to reset everything, but uh, you know, that's the thing, dads, moms. Let the kids be who they're gonna be. Just expect them to do the best that they're gonna that they can give you. That's all you can ask for. Just give me 100%. And uh, we'll we we'll get more into that. I do want to head to a very short break. We come back. Uh, we'll get to hear with Lou Bizjack, He is from the state paper. He's covered the Gamecocks. He's covered the Tigers on National Signing Day, and he's also been covering those kids knocking it out over there uh, at the Shrine Bowl as well. So we'll get updated on all of that as you're listening to Southern Sports Central Live right here on Blog Talk Radio. <laughs>
0: And the night has come, and the land is dark, and the blue is the only, the light we've seen. So I won't be afraid. And hey,
1: welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich. I'm here live on Southern Sports Central. Uh, I want to go ahead and bring him in now on the Matts Burgers Hotline. Lou Bizjak joins us now, the prep sports coordinator at the state paper right there in columbia south carolina home of the game cox and uh, they cover the tigers and a few other colleges around the palmetto state here lou top of the morning brother i can only imagine the lack of sleep you got last night no uh-huh.
5: i got a, enough uh, but yeah how, how you doing this morning richie
1: good man glad to have you in man you're a busy dude i uh, got a chance to watch you run around uh on uh, saturday a couple weeks ago for the state championship games uh Uh, A lot's happened since then. Now, of course, uh, are you up there, or have you been up to uh, the the Shrine Bowl? I've seen a lot of stuff coming across your feed there, but I haven't asked you yet if you've been up that way, but I know you've been doing a five-star job covering it.
5: Yeah, I was up there Monday for both practices the first day. Yeah, so, and then –
1: when you look at everything, Lou, how does this team look in the years of the past? Uh, it, it seems like they've got a lot of talent all around. I watched yesterday they did a live feed uh, with National Signing Day where they had the kids come into a table, and uh, two individuals would break down the kid, this, uh, the school, and uh, just over and all, uh, in and outs uh, with the coaching staff that they were with and all that stuff as well. But what, what's your take on this team, of teams of the past, and uh, the amount of talent that you see – kind of coming in here, but yet not staying in the state. A lot of kids yesterday signed with teams outside of the uh, of the Palmetto State heading to play football somewhere else. Yeah, I mean,
5: that, that happens. I mean, there's a lot of schools elsewhere. Some kids want to go out of state to begin with. And, uh, I mean, yeah, I think this team's pretty talented, especially at the quarterback position, Mason Garcia and uh, uh, Colasardo for um, – from Chapman are pretty good. The running backs are solid. I really like Roger Harris for, from Burns. And uh, the receivers, uh, you got Jalen Hyatt from Dutch Fork, and you got uh, Jarrett Carey uh, Caldwell from uh, uh, Northwestern. So uh, they're, they're strong up front. Um, I mean, North Carolina traditionally has been a little bit better in, in uh, most years, and uh, they, they got a pr- pretty good team watching their practices as well. They got Uh, three different quarterbacks, uh, some big size. So it it should be a fun game
1: on uh, Saturday. Talking with Lou Bezjak, the prep sports coordinator for the state paper, covers about anything and everything in the world of sports uh, around the Palmetto State. Of course, uh, talking about the upcoming uh, 2019 Shrine Bowl. That's going to be this Saturday. Now the kids today do head over to the hospital. We actually had a kid yesterday over here uh, from uh, Fort Dorchester. Mr. Darrell Ware came in here. Uh, a linebacker for uh, the Patriots. And, and that's the first thing that he mentioned, Lou, was taking that trip. So they've done a great job educating these kids about what this game's about, the bigger picture, as he kept saying, uh, of why we're getting together, hanging out, getting to learn one another. Um, as uh, everybody kind of has their thing. I know last weekend on Saturday, uh, we got to see the North-South game, which the South team was able to kind of break that losing streak a little bit. They even had a Mr. Football coming out of uh, Mr. Doty, who's heading over to play for the Gamecocks here, uh, I believe in January. He's going to enroll early. Uh, but they actually take kids out and go shopping with them. So there's so many different things. Uh, kind of recap maybe your thoughts of, of the north-south game. I know you covered that as well and and, and the traditions that both of these two, uh, I would say, programs that put these games together.
5: Yeah, it's, it's fun. They And it's more than just the the game. Like you said, uh, the Shrine Bowl. They usually uh, take the kids to the hospital earlier in the week, but the uh, this week, uh, they're doing it today. They, they won't practice in the morning and they'll go and take the kids to the hospital. And uh, it's a good experience for the kids and the coaching staff. And and uh, North-South, uh, every Thursday they uh, on game week, they, they give gift cards. Uh, I think it's Boys and Girls Club or I forget what uh, affiliation. And then uh, the kids get to go shop uh, with, with the players and they, they have a certain amount of time and they give them a certain amount of money and it's it's a good experience talking with the players and kids that have played in the past, and that, and they they really have fun, and that's uh, it gives a good perspective, not just playing football and uh, uh, doing other things as well.
1: Live right now with uh, Lou Bisjack, the prep sports coordinator for the State Paper, one of the hardest working men here in the Palmetto State. Uh, I get to see him firsthand around. Uh, many sports venues, as we're talking about, not one, but both of the All-Star games that are happening. And now Friday night, there's another one that's going to happen. And, and uh, Coach Parks and a lot of the coaches there got together and realized that there's only so many spots in uh, the North-South game. There's only so many spots in, of course, the Shrine Bowl. So they created another bowl game. That's going to be on Friday night in the Metropolitan Bowl, I believe is, is how you pronounce it there, in Columbia, where you'll see a lot of that local talent around, Uh, I think he said 13 different counties around Columbia that are invited in to play on Friday night to do some big things. Uh, Second year, if I'm not mistaken, that they'll play this thing. And, again, it's a Friday night, the day before the Shrine Bowl. Uh, Have you been able to kind of keep up with the the team over there and what they're doing?
5: Yeah, it's a good experience for the Columbia kids. And uh, last year they had it. It was on a Saturday. They had it at Irma this year. It's going to be at Brooklyn Casey. It's uh, Friday night, 630. Um, it's a good chance for kids that, because um, college coaches were able to come visit at least the Division II and uh, other lower levels, be able to see some of these kids. And, um, yeah, it's a good experience for the kids, and especially for the kids that might not be going to play in college. This is one last game uh, for them to play. So, yeah, Coach Parks has done a really good job with it. Um, organizing. And now you see other other parts of the state. Uh, doing things as well. I know they're doing one in Charlotte this year and uh up in the upstate too and uh, they did um they've been doing the Border Bowl between um like the Aiken area and uh, Georgia. They they do that usually every year in uh, uh January and I think the Lowcountry also uh, did a bowl game last year with uh, the Savannah area and like Hilton Head uh area teams uh playing
1: each other. As always, uh, a lot of fun having you in here, man, because you educate us and uh, get us up to date on everything that's happening. I don't know how you do it, man. Keeping up with the entire state the way you do is, is incredible and impressive all of one. Uh, Lou, let's talk about rec- recruiting now. Of course, uh, this well, that's what these games are helping, these kids. One final push here to get recognized, get an opportunity to be seen, or to showcase that talent one more time there with that helmet on their head that they'll wear for the final time for their high schools. Um that being said, yesterday, National Signing Day, it comes early in December. Uh, we, we all know the ups and downs of it, but, but kind of give me your recap of it. Who won? Who lost in the state of South Carolina? Who was your biggest, I would guess, surprise that ended up signing yesterday? And uh, just an overall, I guess, review of, of how yesterday went in your eyes on National Signing Day.
5: The well, biggest thing was Jordan Birch. I mean, he was the big announcement, um, top-ranked player in the state, and he decided to commit to South Carolina. So that was huge for the Talk. He didn't sign though yesterday. So uh, there's still a little bit he, he'll he have until Friday night. I think it's seven to sign. But if he doesn't, then basically he's just committed and uh, he wouldn't, won't sign until uh, February 5th, um, which is the second national signing day. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Yeah. There's a lot of mystery uh, around his commitment and, and not talking much and, um he yeah, had a lot of a lot of big schools after him, but he decided South Carolina and that's a huge get if they can get him there. Um with, with the class they put together with Luke Doty and Marshawn Lloyd and um the other in state guys like well, like like Doty and Tonka Hemingway and Tyson Wanamaker O'Donnell Fortune as well. So that that would be huge for South Carolina. Clemson had another huge class, uh not too many in-state kids. They got, I mean, Tyler Venables, uh, Brent Venables' son, I think, was the only one. Uh, DeMonte Capehart, who was from Hartsville, but he finished his high school career in uh, IMG Academy in Florida. But uh, other than that, they had a – I mean, they're the number one ranked class in the country. Uh, got a great quarterback from uh, Don Bosco in uh, California coming. So uh, I think Coach Sweeney did that. that's the first time I think they've been the number one class. Uh, so they they had a lot of a lot of spots and they they filled them with some some quality players.
1: Lou, well, let me ask you something about you mentioned the Gamecocks and and the Tigers, of course. Uh, Coastal Carolina kind of did something uh, that, that it kind of shocked me, having that transfer portal kind of blown the doors off of it. And one day, I believe they had uh, over fifteen kids or something like that jumping to it. Uh, have you had a chance with everything going on to kind of look into like what's going on at Coastal and, and of course? Uh, you know, they have a new coach over there that was already on the staff. Or he coached at uh, uh, Charleston Southern. That's Coach Chadwell. Uh, I know him a little bit better than, than than maybe some because he was here in the Low Country for so long. Uh, but it seems like to me a lot of kids that were a part of the original group there uh, decided to get out and, and and look at other opportunities. Have they rebounded from it on recruiting day, or or what's your thought that's happening up there on the Grand Strand in Coastal Carolina?
5: Yeah, I mean that's it happens. A lot of schools ha- have that turnover. Kids kids want to try and finish elsewhere, or go to bigger schools in this case. So, yeah, I think they'll be fine. I mean, it's uh, uh, they had an up-and-down year uh, for sure, but I think, yeah, that's a little concerning, but I think Coach Chadwell will uh, get things going and uh, know they're recruiting hard, especially in-state, and let's see if they can get some of the kids uh, that other bigger schools might have passed on or um, everything. But, yeah, it's uh, definitely – uh, a challenge for Coach Chadwell and uh, Coastal Carolina, but uh, I think they're they're going to be fine. I forget how what the number it is that they signed yesterday, so uh, they'll have some work to do also in February as well.
1: Live right now, Lou Jack the Prep Sports Writer Coordinator for uh, the State Paper, helping us out here as always on Southern Sports Central. Uh Yesterday, day before yesterday, I believe, uh, I I know the high school league got together and they're trying to do the whole realignment of uh, the the teams here uh, in the state, be it 5A all the way down to 1A. And, of course, one module that came out, I don't know how official it is, uh, it's on the Internet, that doesn't always make it true, but I did see it when somebody sent it to me, uh, that had uh, the 5A guys. Uh, As a matter of fact, I want to say it had Berkeley and Wando heading up to the Grand Strand to play against Sockes, and Conway, and Carolina Force. Kind of weird there to see that, geographics the way it is, and, of course, that would mean uh, that they downsized one of the actual uh, regions. That would be 5A, and they've combined a lot of the teams out of Berkeley County with Dorchester County. Now, you've seen a lot of that across the state. Uh, Lou, kind of if you can, if you, if you have the opportunity now to, to tell us a little about that, is that something that you think sticks, or is this going to be like it was a few years ago where a lot of teams are going to protest it and you're going to see a little bit more moving around uh, for the financial gains and things like that when it comes to the travel purposes.
5: well, We'll see. Nothing's official. The official things come out today. Uh, later on this afternoon, the, the high school league is going to send it out to the schools. So uh, it, right now it's just speculation. I mean, the 5A is going to be smaller. It's only going to be 36 to 40 schools. So, uh, And they're probably going to do six regions. So, yeah, you're going to have to combine uh, schools. are going to do probably three regions, three uh lower state regions and three upper state regions. So yeah, there's going to be more, uh, a little bit more travel. And there's some schools that are out in the middle of nowhere that you kind of like the Lugoff Elgin's the, um, the other schools like, like that, that five, a wise that, uh, you're going to have to travel in uh, Myrtle beach area and Charleston. And that, that makes sense. Uh, Cause then you'll have the Florence schools. Uh, they need a spot as well. I think, uh, uh, there's a chance of South Florence will drop to 4A, though, uh, during this realignment. So they're going to have to go play somewhere as well.
1: Talking to Lou Bezjak, helping us out with the high school stuff as we speak right now about the realignment. And news going to come out later today that it gets sent over to the high school league. Of course, uh, there's a lot of speculations of, of some teams going down, and some teams that want to go down are going to have to stay up. But it all has to do with a lot of uh, the, the counts in the high hallways and the bodies there on campus. Uh, with that being said, uh, any news on what you see out of, uh, you know, I think the hottest conversation during the season were, were these charter schools, right? And they wanted to hold these guys accountable because they have a little bit different ability to get kids on their campuses a little bit differently uh, than others, right? I mean, and you look at it and they're benefiting from it in different aspects. Uh, your thoughts maybe or your, anything you've heard of when it comes to charter schools, are they just going to kind of, you think, keep it as par and keep moving forward and, and just doing it the way they've been doing it with these guys? Yeah, they
5: had that committee, uh, the competitive balance committee, but really nothing was decided, uh, I don't think, to uh, a rule one way or another if to use a multiplier or make teams play up a class like they did in the last realignment. Um, I guess you'll have to see when, when it comes out if the schools are going to be made to play up a classification, which they should be. Uh, I think they should play up two classifications, really, uh, just to uh, to make things fair. And uh, so all all private schools and charter schools should uh, play up two classifications, and that's that that would make things fair, uh, or or do the multiplier. But the multiplier didn't seem to have a lot of um, steam, or the the I don't think I know the private schools and charter schools really against this, but I mean they do have advantages whether they want to admit it or not. So uh, definitely, I think one one class, uh, maybe two classes, they need to play up uh, for sure.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree with you, you know. And, again, as, as much as I, I'm a big fan of what, of course, I see Coach Greer doing down here in Charleston and Oceanside. And these guys, uh, you know, from their parents on the sidelines to the kids on the on the football field to the coaches that work them out day in and day out, you know. And, and they, he does have that argument. He says, look, I'll play anybody, anywhere, anytime. Just let us know where. And, and I love that about Coach Greer. That's the one thing that, that we get to hear down here on this end. I know you guys have great collegiate. Uh, up there in Columbia, and there's another one, I believe, uh, up towards Rock Hill, and two or three more that are getting ready to open their doors here between Greenville, Beaufort, and Myrtle Beach. Uh, but, but you're right. They do have an opportunity to do things a little bit different. And, and of course, uh, some of the public schools do. I know for sure here in, in Charleston because I'm, I'm here in the backyard where all this action is happening. Uh, but I agree with you. I think two classes up are about right because they're blowing the doors off if they're in 2A. They're blowing the doors off of most of the teams in 2A, Uh, So that kind of shows you that look, they need to be playing up a little bit better. It's better, not only uh, for, for the program they're playing, but it's also better for the, for the other guys on the other side of it. It's just not a fair playing field. Uh, The other question I wanted to ask you that comes up on our show on a regular basis, Lou is uh, the quarter rule. Uh, This is something that actually bit Chad Greer this past week, this past year on uh, you can't even, you're not even allowed to dress these kids out on Friday night. If they dressed out on Thursday night, you know, back in the day, you know, that that rule was a little bit different. And I understand it's a safety rule, but it also kind of handicaps certain programs and, and allowing their kids to get some of that work in and work out. Do you have any knowledge on this, or do you mind talking a little bit about this quarter rule? And, and not all states do it the same. This is not a, a national rule. This is a state-by-state state rule that maybe they should go as a national thing to get it across the board.
5: Well, I think, that I mean, you can get around it. You could just play your JV games on Monday and you would have 2 days rest or 3 days rest between that's uh, pretty simple i think if you want to do that if you want to have the JV kids play as well i think yeah if you do it that way that would uh, help alleviate things a little bit so i mean the safety reasons and i know a lot of coaches don't like it especially the smaller things but i mean um I, I don't know i mean it's it doesn't hurt i don't think the quality of footballs been diminished because of it so I mean I think they're looking out for the kids best interest and, uh, safety they don't want to play them back to back nights but I guess if you can make them play I guess maybe eliminate maybe play two quarters and not, not a whole game but I mean um, I don't know you want the kids to have experience so they're not just sitting on the sidelines for so when they're ready uh, to go so we'll, we'll see what happens I don't think you'll see any changes uh, going ahead for next year um maybe in the years to come though and uh, we'll see what happens
1: live right now lou bisjack from the state paper he handles everything around the uh, palmetto state here lou thank you a a lot for being a part of this morning's show i know it's hard to get you because you're pulled in so many different directions with so many different sports by the way you you got basketball wrestling you name it it's all happening right now and uh, of course you cover it all that being said, are there any other rules? And I'm bringing up things that the coaches have come on the show in the last probably two, three months and brought up to us, and I, I've been writing them down. So when I do get you in here, man, I can get the answers. But uh, any other big changes coming up? I know the realignment's kind of the big thing that they were looking at over there at the uh, high school league office. But uh, other than the realignment, any, anything else that these guys are really trying to focus in on going into the 2020 season?
5: Not really, football-wise. I mean, just the, like you said, the charter school thing. But – Like I said, I don't know if anything definitive came out. I mean, it was good to have the committee and everything, but uh, I I sat in on one of the meetings, and (laughs) it really didn't get much. I mean, it was just a lot of back and forth and everything, but I don't know. Um, I think you'll see. I know basketball-wise, the coaches want to push for that shot clock, but there's been a lot of opposition, so hopefully that can get passed down the road. Maybe it will take a couple years or it will take the – National High School Federation, uh, to ma- make it mandatory that uh, you have a shot clock in high school basketball, which I think would be good for uh, for schools. Uh, I know the cost is the biggest thing and having people to run it, but I think uh, that you should at least experiment with it maybe in these tournaments, these uh, Christmas and holiday tournaments, just to see w- what it's like.
1: Yeah, you know, and they've done that with high school football. They brought in the, 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 uh, the game clock there, and it's helped speed up the game in different ways. Of course, it took a little bit of getting used to, and financially, it took a little bit of toll out of them. But long term, again, if we're here to prepare these kids for their future in the classroom, then we should be doing the same thing on the football field because some of these kids, hey, that's their dream too. That's where they're planning to head out uh, when all said and done is playing the, the next level. So why not kind of marry up some of these rules? Uh, Lou, as always, man, I greatly appreciate uh, not only what you have done here on our show this year or or the times you've been able to join us, but just all the effort, the energy, the time away from your family uh, that you give uh, to the world of sports, to the Palmetto family here. Uh, On behalf of all of us here in the Lowcountry, uh, we appreciate what you do. I can tell you that from across the state as well because a lot of guys – your name comes up a lot of times when I'm at a lot of events. Even, uh, you know, we were sitting uh, at at Ted Burns, who passed away a couple weeks back. Uh, We kind of had – that one-two hit there with Coach McKissick on a Thursday and Ed Burns on a Saturday. So we unfortunately took a couple weeks to get through some of these tough times. But uh, your name came up a couple different times when I was uh, just having some conversations about, you know, just sports. Of course, it's a bunch of sports guys. And uh, just know this, man, a lot of people have a lot of respect for you. And we appreciate the effort and the time and all that you do uh, for the young athletes around the state of South Carolina.
5: I appreciate it, Richie, and thanks for having me on. And uh, have a have a good one. Have a good uh, holiday season.
1: You got it too, buddy. Merry Christmas! Thank you very much, there, ladies and gentlemen. That is Lou Biz Jack. You can check him out on Twitter at Lou at the State. Of course, uh, you can uh, also get over there at him at. Uh, you know, uh, social media is probably the best way uh, to, to catch up with Lou. He is a five-star guy. No matter what he he puts his hands on, man, it, it just turns into gold. And, and, again, the effort, the energy. I mean, this guy was at the Shrine Bowl Monday, Tuesday, covers National Signing Day on Wednesday. Thursday, he gives me a little bit of his time to hang out with us here. Um, we'll stay here until about 7.57. We'll just kind of give you an idea of time frame over there. Um, you know, a couple of things kind of recapping his interview there. Um, Realignment, 5A football If you're listening up and you're in the 5A 36 to 40 teams Six regions Three upper state, three lower state What does that mean? Well that means that there will not be A Berkeley County region Per se and a Dorchester County region Per se, that means that they're going to take somebody From the Dorchester County Excuse me, somebody from the Berkeley County region Which uh, has been normally Wando Stratford, Kane Bay, Berkeley, Goose Creek, and they'll take a couple of those teams, and they'll move them to another region. Mm-hmm. I would think it would be Berkeley, and it would be Wando, because those are the furthest on the outside lion area in the heart of Charleston. Those are the, the guys closest to the Grand Strand. Yeah. Now, what does that mean? That means that they would probably head over and play against the likes of Sockesty, um Conway, and uh, a few other teams up there on the Grand Strand. Is that a good move? We'll, we'll see financially. Um, it, it, to me, it's not as bad as West Virginia heading to the Big 12, but it's still a road trip. It's, yeah. still, a, it's still a commitment. It, it's still something there that uh, is, is going to be a conversation to be had. And some of the coaches I've talked to said, hey, nothing's going to change. It's going to stay the same. And, and, and we'll see. Maybe that's their wish list, I guess. I, I don't know. We'll know today of the first proposal officially that's going to come out. Now, we've had one kind of leak out right, a couple of days ago that, that had those teams, like I mentioned, Wando and Berkeley heading up to the Grand Strand of that region. Um, Which, uh, again, that would make that region a little bit better. That'd make uh, that region a little bit tougher because uh, Berkeley's going to come with it. Berkeley's losing a lot of guys, I think, for their senior class, but they reload, and Coach Robinson does a great job. Jimmy Noonan does a great job with Wando. I, I think they're losing a handful of kids, but I think that they also um will could will be competitive in that region. Conway is rebuilding Socasty is trying to figure things out. Uh, Carolina Force is losing a quarterback, and I think a running back. But Mar- Mason Garcia is heading to East Carolina, which we saw his signing up yesterday. So they've got a kid supposedly behind him that's pretty good too. We'll see what he can do. Um, like you said, West Lawrence, South Florence is in, I think in that region as well. Uh, he mentioned South Florence, I think, heading down to 4A. And there's going to be a lot of teams right now trying to jockey themselves to go to 4A. I've heard that Berkeley wants to go to 4A football. Now why? I don't know. But that's what I've heard through conversations. Nobody – that conversation did not come from anybody on the campus over there at Berkeley. Now, you look at that, and then all of a sudden you got the competitive balance of what you have in charter schools. You know, what Coach Guerrero has put together over at Oceanside is uh, nothing less than amazing. I mean, he has taken kids that has not started on other teams, and he's made these kids really good at what they're doing. Like Steve Sprayer did at South Carolina for many years, taking three-star, four-star kids and turning them into five-star studs and beating Clemson for four years in a row, going and having 10-plus win seasons, going to bowl games, winning bowl games, doing things. That's what Chad Greer has done at Oceanside. Right. And he's done it by getting his kids to buy in and the parents to support. And he's got both of those things. You had a chance to watch him for the first time this year at Barnwell. You got a chance to hang out with their media team over there. I've had an opportunity – every year for the last three or four years to go over there and watch at least a game yeah, and um, go to practices every once in a while. Coach Greer and I are, are, uh, I'd say pretty close when it comes down to him opening the door and saying, Richie, whatever we got, you got, brother. If you need it, you get it, you got it, we're good. And I appreciate that. The love that that these coaches give us and across the state and here in the Lowcountry are pretty cool.
2: Yeah. I I think the, the experience was definitely really cool, even though that it was a road game against Barnwell. Um, and, and going on the road to barnwell and that was uh, quite the road trip for, for them i know it was for us but um you know the the program that they put together you know i only know of two uh charter school programs with the name collegiate in it and that's oceanside and that's down here in the low country and then gray collegiate academy is up in the up in the midlands around the columbia area and they're in the same region as uh, my alma mater saluda and uh and as far as i know that these uh, collegiate uh, charter schools only go as high as up uh, 2A, maybe even 3A for that matter. But um, you know, to, to to tell you the truth, um, the, the the program that they that they put together, I know uh, that Chad Greer does an excellent job with those kids, and you know the parents have um, the parents have really bought into the um, really bought into the program, and it's as every bit of 2A football as you would expect, um, even from even from a charter school such as uh, Oceanside uh and and they they travel well they are loud they are there they they make themselves known um you know but but for the matter it it's it's tough about the whole uh region realignments or even uh for the uh for the changes in the uh the regions and what schools are going to move up the 5A or 4A which ones are going to move down from 5A to 4 a it it's really tough uh and I've, it's going to be tough for I, I would imagine for a Berkeley or a Wando if they move up to the uh, to a Grand Strand region in 5A. That's going to be one hefty road trip that they have to go on. And even for the schools that are up there, that would have to come down to play Wando or uh, Berkeley. It would just it would be tolling. I would I would imagine. But I, I have confidence that they'll uh, that they'll get it figured out one way or another. It's just it's, it's tough. What is
1: it tough, is. No doubt about it. Guys, we got to go to break. Top of the hour. You're listening to Southern Sports Central on Blog Talk Radio. Guys, Come back.
4: My family and I were suffering with no protection from the hot Carolina sun. I called the tent farm, and they told me about their line of ceramic window film. Now I have 99.9% protection from harmful UV rays for the ones that matter the most. You don't have to be a math teacher like me for those numbers to make sense. Don't be alarmed. Call the farm. I was driving in extreme Charleston heat. I couldn't take it any longer. I wasn't alarmed, I called the farm.
3: I used to be the victim of bad tent. It was so horrible, I was embarrassed to be seen driving even in my own hometown. I called the tent farm and they took care of me. I wasn't alarmed, I called the farm.
6: I'm Jonathan Farmer, owner and founder of Tent Farm. Are you a victim of bad tent? Are you suffering from extreme heat? We here at the Temp Farm want to help you with these horrible conditions. Don't be alarmed. Call the farm.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Rich Young here, live on Southern Sports Central. I want to thank. Uh, Mr. Lou Bizjak, the uh, state paper connection uh, to Southern Sports Central, he is the man with the plan when it comes to uh, covering the low country, covering the uh, middle and the upper part of the country. Or the uh, state here, South Carolina, he covers it all and everything in between there. And uh, again, Monday, Tuesday, he's hanging out in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Wednesday, he gets back to Columbia where he covers uh, the ups and downs and all arounds of uh, what's happening in uh, national signing day, I think the biggest thing, again, South Carolina gets jo- Jordan Burke to commit to South Carolina, doesn't sign to South Carolina. I was going yeah, to say that look. earlier, but I want him to kind of break that. And uh it's weird. Again, I, I don't like that kind of stuff from anybody. i look, it, no time for shenanigans, man. If you're ready to go, then let's go. If not, then just keep the, ca- the cap in the box, man. Let's move on to February, dude. Cause it's yeah. just, for what purpose, man? It, it, do you need that much attention between now and Friday, or that until February? I mean, you shouldn't have been. You're not ready. You know, you're just not ready. And, and, and it is what it is. But I, I, that's the thing that I can say, and, and, and I'm going to echo what what um what a guy down here in Charleston said. You know, in the Low Country, there were no me, me, me guys. A lot of we guys. You know, not a not a lot of uh, showboating and this, that, and the others. They didn't have any of that. And the kids in the Low Country, this is where I'm going. Is what I'm doing. We're out. And, and that's what it should be. You should have already decided. If you decided you were going to announce your day on this day, which was yesterday, all this other crap that you decided, it shouldn't have even happened. I mean, that's cool. You got three boxes. You got four boxes, whatever it is. And you bought the Gamecock hat. Because it's not going to look
2: good if you decided to go somewhere else.
1: It's a bad character move for you.
2: Yeah, uh, it, it's, it's difficult to uh, kind of grasp but I'm, I'm still trying to wrap my head around it you know he, he is a verbal commit he's a verbal commit to the University of South Carolina a five-star recruit um, from the Columbia area and he, he's being retained in the Palmetto State from going uh, to Georgia or in Alabama uh, for that matter and so he, how he was able to um, how he was able to basically uh, flip and say that he's going to South Carolina now he has not signed the paperwork it's not yet official but it, like it, it's just it's difficult right now because it is it is it is not officially national signing day yesterday was an early national signing day and in a way it's starting to become national signing day because it's uh, I guess that's just the culture that uh, college football is now leaving the impression for uh, for these high school kids and for the kids to um, you know make their decisions now Uh, so that way that these these college programs can can look ahead to the future and start planning a lot sooner and and i would imagine that uh you know these, these programs of course that they um like these these programs like clemson and alabama and, and the lsu's and the florida states they have people on staff that are always there looking at these recruits that that are that are head of recruiting and then they're always crunching the numbers saying okay um if he if he's committed here uh then then what does this mean for us what can we do where are the pieces where, where can the pieces fit if he doesn't commit then uh, what else can we what else can we look for? Just putting all the pieces, uh, kind of like how the the NBA when they uh, when the Clippers were trying to sign with Kawhi uh, back in the summer, it was the talk of uh, the the owner um, uh, the the owner and he he was he was up in the office late at night and early into the mornings, probably working eighteen hour days. Uh, just just trying to formulate a plan, uh, seeing what pieces can we trade away, what pieces can we offer, what roster moves can we make uh, in order to bring in this guy um, in a way, I think that that's what college football is is starting to do now. The trend is uh, you know it's moving closer and closer to um, November and December uh, or, or right right around this time whenever the decisions um, I would say have to be made and uh, for for him to just verbally commit right now, uh, Jordan Birch, for him to verbally commit right now, uh, I, I'm kind of in the same boat with you, Richie. I, I just uh, do kind of wish that it was, you know, sign, sign the contract, sign the paper, whatever you need. Uh, just put ink on paper and we'll call it a day. Or just don't do anything. Or just don't do anything. Yeah. We'll yeah. see you in February. Because that, that was a big uh, social media upturn. I, I turned on Twitter last night and I was seeing Jordan Birch, Jordan Birch, all this thing, Jordan Birch. And like did he sign? And then, then this morning and I'm looking on the um I'm looking on the sheet right now that no, he, he's just a verbal commit right now. And he yeah. he's the first he's the first one in line. You know how on the on the far right side of this list right it says signed and then uh it says signed in gray with white letters and right. then it says verbal in white with gray letters. Yep. And he's the first one on the list of verbal. He hasn't signed yet.
1: Well, when he does, we'll talk more about him. That's all the, uh, that's all the airtime I'm going to give him here. Uh, we will say <laughs> this, uh, go back and look in our inbox. here. I sent you a couple of videos. I want you to play them. Uh, we were a part of yesterday. We we're waiting, hopefully here, any moment to get in here with uh, Mr. Bryce Coon, who's in from 24 seven sports, again, uh, these guys are beat writers, man. They're writing, typing, texting, you name it. They're doing it. Uh, they earned their money yesterday, a little bit more than they usually do because, uh, well, they're the guys that you got, got, got up this morning, got to read all these articles now. Uh, I am going, getting ready to uh, let you hear uh, from both of the guys that invited me to their National Signing Day uh, event over at Fort Dorchester, Manuel Johnson, who's heading to Georgia Tech, Brandon Johnson, who's heading to Navy. Uh, of course, Brandon announced his commitment here on the show a couple of weeks ago and then signed on the dotted line yesterday. Uh, but it was a five-star situation yesterday, and, and I want to thank the, uh, the folks over at Fort Dorchester, uh, the administration, the coaching staff, of course, uh, Coach Le Pratt, uh made sure I was, I was taken care of, and I appreciate that as well, Coach, uh, on behalf of all of us here at Southern Sports Central uh, for welcoming us into your building to be a part of your program uh, means a lot to us. Also yesterday, I want to give some love to Matt Duncan. Now, Matt Duncan uh, is a big-time uh, kid over at, of course, Ashley Ridge. He committed yesterday to Temple. Uh, you know, he's got a brother also who is playing uh, at Western Kentucky as a quarterback, uh, the Duncan family has uh, been a big name for the last eight years here in the low country. Uh, I'm pretty close to the dad over there. And uh, I can tell you this, he'll be, uh, he'll be missed by those at Ashley Ridge. He will not be missed by those that had to play against Ashley Ridge. <laughs> Cause I watched this kid uh, firsthand this past season where Somerville had to go over to Ashley Ridge. And uh, he taught a lot of kids. Not only can he throw the ball, he can run the ball. He looked uh, like a dual threat quarterback going through. So uh Uh, We wish Matt and uh, his family the best of luck as they uh, close the door in high school sports. The final Duncan has uh, checked out, and we'll be checking into Temple. Uh, We'll keep an eye on him. I'm going to try to get Matt on the show with us, if not tomorrow, next week. He's never been on the show. So, uh, you know, usually when we try to catch up with him, uh, you know, he's got a thousand things going on. So hopefully we can get him settled in and uh, have him in here on the show. All right, so let's head over to, I think the first one's going to be – I think the first one's Emmanuel Johnson. Emmanuel he, Johnson. He, he
2: committed to Georgia Tech, right? Yep. 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 All right.
1: So let's hear uh, Emmanuel Johnson. This is the big guy who, of course, uh, was one of the Legion of Dooms over there for uh, Fort Dorchester. This was yesterday, right after signing day.
4: It was pretty much a hard process just dealing with all the coaches coming around. But um, I was thankful to have a great coach talking to Georgia sort of Tech. But um, going there, they have great coaches. They have great coaching staff. They have a great majoring in engineering and all and all of that. And it would have me a great opportunity to uh make an impact on the team.
1: That's of course uh Emmanuel Johnson there um going through his thing. that's kind of shortened uh we uh yeah you know, we, we kind of look and hear uh some of the things there now we're gonna hear from uh, Brandon Johnson. Now Brandon of course uh, is going to Navy and I think he answers this the way Quite frankly, I'm going to be honest with you. It, it, this guy sounds like uh he sounds like like a mature man that's been in life for a long time. Listen to his answer of why he chose Navy. We'll be right back to is Brandon Johnson, the other side of the Legion of Doom at Port Dorchester's defense.
4: I can't describe what it means to me. Um, the, the fact that they think I'm, I'm
1: adequate enough to play for them is just, just amazing. Um, like you said, this is a life decision.
2: You know, I didn't want to make a four-year decision. I wanted to make a 40-plus-year decision, and I'm glad. I'm glad with the choice I made.
1: There you go right there listening to him. He didn't want to make a four-year decision. He wanted to make a 40-year decision, and exactly right there because here's a guy who's going to play football for four years, Right. He's gonna do his thing over at Navy and then when he's done, he's going to war. A different type of war. Not like the war he's been doing in high school football or what he'll be doing on Saturdays over at Navy, right? Where he's gonna be a part of to me one of the best games in college football is Army Navy. That's just cool and crazy all in one. And I asked him yesterday as uh, you know, I saw the big guy and he met me at the front door, he gave me a big hug and welcomed me in and you know, walked me to where where I was gonna be at. And um he it was funny. I looked at him and said, Hey man, did you get a chance to watch that game Saturday at any point yet? And he was like, you know, Coach Rich, I actually, um, you know, I, I recorded it. I hadn't had a chance to watch it yet. I know who won, of course, but uh, you know, that that's pretty pretty cool, man. Because I I don't know what it's like to play in the military college level at the Dell, over at the Citadel, of course, or Army or Navy or uh, West Point or any of those type of places that you you know any of those places that you could play. You know, it just means more. It's a different feel. You know, you talk about traditions in college football and what it means. You know, there's tradition more, I would say, deep rooted at Army and Navy than any other place.
2: Yeah, I was just about to say deep rooted. Uh, that that was the first uh, set of words that came to mind. Uh, di- discipline, of course, is the foundation of of these schools. You talk about the military academies. Uh, uh, you know, West Point is Army, and then uh, and then Navy there uh, over in Maryland, I think. And then you know, the Citadel down here. There's a bunch of uh, there's a bunch of others. Air Force out in Colorado. Discipline is is the first um is the first uh, uh pillar that they have and then, it, uh, then of course it's a uh, tradition and uh and the culture that that just surrounds it all and you know for him i i i have a, a deep uh gratitude for him because not only is he um the, the first thing he's doing is that he is going to uh, he's going to continue to play football at the next level um and that and that's absolutely wonderful navy is a um Navy continues to be a, a uh, like a top twenty five ranked team at least once um once uh for one week out of the year, uh if not longer. And they have they just have that uh that deep tradition of uh, of good football uh teams. But you know, at the end of the day and you know, at the end of practices uh, that what he's gonna carry with him for, for the rest of his life is that uh is that training and that knowledge. Um, and the ability to to go out and serve his country for for the next forty years, like he said, and i, I have a deep appreciation for him already uh, he is seventeen eighteen year old man yeah. already and, and, and in the eyes of most he he's still a kid, but he he is he is a man making that decision to uh, go and serve his country um, after playing football at the next level right. which which is it, he, he's he, in a way he's getting the best of both worlds, I think, uh, in in his mind because his gonna, retirement is gonna be a lot better. Let's yeah, yeah, he's 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 gonna play football for the next four years, uh, and then after that, uh, for the for the next forty after that, he he's going to uh, continue to to serve his country, the uh this this country that we live in. Um, I think it's, I think it's nothing short of spectacular. Right.
1: And and, the same goes for Emmanuel Johnson. I mean, this is a kid who he could have gone anywhere. Uh, You know, you look at Brandon Johnson He had two schools in the state of Florida wanting him. He had a school here, Furman that wanted, of course, Navy. him. there were other schools that had reached out to him out towards the West coast and things like that, but he looked at what was best for him. What was best for his family, you know, and he mentioned his mama a couple of weeks back and, 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 and made some stuff there that, uh, why he chose this school, and of course, after meeting mom and dad yesterday for the first time, and his pastor yesterday for the first time, you know, you, you kind of get it. All right, well, no doubt. I, I had you guys. I knew you guys were going to be incredible because he's incredible, and that you know, doesn't fall, you know, that, that stuff doesn't fall far from one another there. So getting to know him, and then having a chance to finally have one on one with with Emmanuel Johnson, EJ, and met his mom, who, oh by the way, played basketball at Georgia, right? Has mm. two gold medals by the way. I mean so to
2: two, two Olympic gold medals.
1: Yeah. Wow. She she knows she knows some of the great ones in the in, in, in the sports that she's been around too. So oh, wow. That's awesome. both of these young men have great uh parents around them, have great um models around them that who they need to be and how they gotta be and what they gotta do to get there. Uh we do need to change gears now. We're gonna go back to college uh right after this break uh Bryce Coon just texted me. I guess he woke up this morning, he's not feeling good.
2: Oh, man, that's the, the
1: off you over know, The bug
2: is reaching people already.
1: The bug is real. Yeah, it's about. So, uh, it is, uh, you know, it's a shame. We'll try to get him in here tomorrow. If not, we'll catch him next week. Again, this guy, he he started doing this thing, I think, Tuesday, preparing for National Signing Day, man. And these guys went nonstop from about the time they got up. A lot of these guys got up about three thirty, started doing a lot of stuff. Didn't go to bed till sometime late last night when finally the final article was hit and that send button was pushed. And, uh, of course, uh,
2: we wish Bryce had the best of uh, the luck on his recovery there. Of course, he's not feeling 100%. Yeah, bro bro has uh, smoke coming off of his fingers. That's what all the riders yeah, are doing yeah. right now. They're, they're waking up with, uh, with like, burn marks or skid skid marks on their keyboards. and Carpal syndrome and car- all that.
1: <laughs> yeah, they got a lot going on over there. Keyboard warriors are, are, are real. So, anyways, uh, quick break, come back. We'll get back into the winners and losers of yesterday. Uh, you know, we'll have some fun with that. Uh, Again, the quick breakdown from top 25 uh, recruiting class goes as follows. The SEC has 10, the ACC has 5, the Big Ten has 4, the Pac has 3, the Big 12 only 2. And independently, Notre Dame stands alone at 1. We'll be right back. You're listening to Southern Sports Central right here on the Southern Sports Central Radio Network, part of the Blog Talk Radio family.
0: Friday night and I'm riding solo. Wanna touch down, give it on the low, low. I don't mess with your energy. No photos. So empty social, but I don't care. Don't give a damn, I'm gonna smoke it. I can't survive yet. Won't let nothing come in between me and the night. Don't touch me, don't touch me, don't touch me. I can't survive yet. Own something, own something, own something. I wanna buy it. Don't touch me, don't touch me, don't touch me. I can't survive yet. Won't let nothing come in between me and the night. I need, to, I need. To. I need, I need room, I need room Where you standing way too close You might catch tunes, might catch tunes When I zoom, I zoom As I wake up by myself wipe right back noon wipe right back noon, then I'm going to do I'm trying to move you through Hennessy's drowning all of my issues. Right before I leave, she gives me more than just a minute I think I'm up back just like my engine I can't hit it Seen a vision in the a and we committed I've been talking about Let me my place. I put you down Don't touch me, don't touch me, don't touch me, I can't go by. Yeah, on something, on something, on something I wanna buy. Don't touch me, don't touch me, don't touch me. I can Won't let nothing come between me and the night. Don't touch me, don't touch me, don't touch me I not yeah. something, want something, want something, I wanna buy, yeah. don't, touch me, don't touch me, don't touch me, I can't not nothing come between me and the night.
1: Hey, welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Heldman alongside uh, Mr. Will Porter, producing the show, answering the phone, pushing the buttons, and tweeting it out throughout. As you uh, want to catch up with us over there on the Mass Burgers hotlines, the number to call in is 323-784-9681. Again, the number to call in to join us here to talk to us about your thoughts on National Signing Day, who won, who lost, and just in general. What did your team look like over the uh, over the day yesterday, 24 hours later? Impressed with what they brought to campus, or at least what they say they're going to bring to campus. Because to me, until you walk on that campus, you ain't there yet. You can sign all the pieces of paper you want, but you got to academically get there. You got to statistically get there. You got to do everything, and then you got to get there. So uh, call in and hang out with us 323 784 9681. You can tweet at us at Sports Central. Of course, Facebook is at Southern Sports Central. A quick shout out to uh, Simmons Barbershop. Or Simmons Barbershop is the one-stop shop for us all here at Southern Sports Central. It's where we go to get ready for the big game. And uh, you could do the same. As uh, Just go by there and tell them we said hello. They're located in downtown Somerville. It's the oldest uh, barbershop in the state of South Carolina. And, again, uh, you don't know what's going on in Somerville. Hang out in there. They always say, Coach McKenzie used to say, it's a 10-minute haircut and a 45-minute conversation. And trust and believe me, uh, it, it's every bit of that. But it's always a good time. A lot of laughter. You get there on Saturdays, by the way. They always have donuts. So you got to get there early. But uh, they always have donuts on Saturdays. I always go Monday through Friday, but uh, Tuesdays, they, they're closed. Sundays, they're closed. So make arrangements accordingly. So that being said, uh, we also uh, want to talk a little National Signing Day. Nebraska, Tennessee, are the top winners, Florida leads the losers in the early signing period 2019. Um, for me, you know, you look at National Signing Day as a, a, a accumulation of a lot of different things. You know, the hard work, a recruiting trail, you know, over the course of, what, a couple of years? And then more... Uh, in other cases, you know, that you keep overall lookers and and ups and downs of all the rounds and and who's going to do what they're going to do. Winning signing day itself, sometimes, you know, it's a little bit different, you know, Uh, expectations, the big finish, you know, who can do what, who can close, you know, who can go after a kid in the final minute, like you saw Clemson. You know, they took a kid away from LSU at the last minute yesterday in the secondary. I thought that was a big move for Clemson. That was really huge. Um, But, again, you know, Clemson doesn't surprise – look – Tigers, you don't surprise me with having National Signing Day wins. You've been doing this for a long time. You might not have one National Signing Day, but you've always been top five, top ten. Every year, even with some of your worst coaches, even with Tommy West days and things like that, you've always had great guys coming on the campus because it's a beautiful campus. All you got to do is get guys on. All you got to do is get guys somewhere around that lake, somewhere around that beautiful skyline, and they commit. It's like going to Disney World. Man, you can get a kid to sign a contract to clean his room for the rest of his life if you can get him to Disney World. I mean, it's just the way it is i mean it's a beautiful place
2: yeah uh th- no it's being it's being touted um that this is the the most uh touted class at Dabo Sweeney's tenure uh it, 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 like it was obvious ever since uh that this was going to be the best class in the country of course but yeah. you you have a a number one pro style quarterback um in, in d j uh which Yuga, he was talked back in May whenever he verbally committed to Clemson that he was going to be better than Trevor Lawrence. Right. And and I I have yet to see that film. I'm just going off by word of mouth, but, um, but that talk of of just how talented that he that he is uh, that that's just a lot for Clemson uh, fans to look forward to or or uh, Clemson Clemson haters to really watch out for however whatever perspective that you have Clemson is going to get a number one uh, pro style quarterback uh, the number three overall recruit defensive end Miles Murphy um, running back Demarcus Bowman five star cornerback uh, Fred Davis the second and uh, five star defensive tack defensive tackle uh, Demonte Cappahart uh, and I mean here's something Dabo fully embraced the hype on Wednesday going as far as to call um uh going as far as to call DeMarcus Bowman that running back uh the program's next C.J. Spiller and to call um Breezy (laughs) a more violent Christian Wilkins at defensive end
1: yeah well that's what he does though again and again I'm not going to not say we don't give Clemson some credit here on this conversation, but I want to I look at some other teams because we know Clemson, we know LSU, we know Alabama, we, we know the teams that that won.
2: I mean, that's, that's relevant. I tell you me, I, I want to look at Florida State. But, cause, well, cause we can how... look at
1: them as well, but 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 when you look at it, the thing here, well, how? But they're Florida State. I keep telling yeah, you this. Yeah. I keep telling everybody this. Why are you surprised? <laughs> Florida State has more kids accidentally coming across the campus to go to the 7-Eleven. You just got to stop them for a minute and have them sign a piece of paper. It's Florida State. It's not hard to recruit in the state of Florida. If you can't win in Florida, then you're not very good as a coach. And they lose by accident. I mean, it's crazy. It's like going to the college at Charleston and can't find a girlfriend. Man, there's 10 girls to every guy. How you can't win? You should win. <laughs> I don't want to talk Florida State, dude. No. You win football games on the football field, then we'll talk about you. You can't, then we don't, and that's just the way it is. We'll talk Clemson at some point here. We got another, what, 35, 32 minutes left, we'll, we'll hit Clemson in a few. But we already knew Clemson was a winner. We already knew Alabama was a winner. We always know LSU's a winner. You can look at it yourself and see the top five and and, and say, they're winners. Well, all right, Sherlock Holmes, we got you. But what about some of these other teams that are not in the top 25? Look at Nebraska, the Cornhuskers, you know. Did they miss anything on Wednesday? You know, when it comes down to it, you look at the prospects in the state of Florida, that we still talk about Florida State, right? You talk about Florida, Florida A&M, all those teams. And what they do now? They landed a speedy slot receiver in Marcus Fleming, out of Miami Northwestern. South Day defensive back Jaden Francois, Prep School wide receiver Alante Brown. All that had a couple of days removed from flipping elite linebacker Keyshawn Green
2: from where? Florida State.
1: You tell me. Somehow he don't you somehow go to Florida you Florida ended, State?
2: somehow you ended up talking about Florida State again. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> my, my
1: point is that. They're not win- they lost a kid to Nebraska, yeah, Nebraska is not winning. Nebraska is not good they're They're not good, You're I'll Florida be- State. you're in an easier conference to win. You have a better chance of keeping these kids at home. This kid left his backyard to go to cold Nebraska corn husker country. this dude is, is drinking orange juice now all of a sudden. He's over here eating steak and doing some of the things in the middle in the middle of the
2: country. Yeah, I wonder what made him uh, what made him flip his decision. Other than uh, the only thing that I can think of is just the the, the, the coach. Prized, Yeah, with well, the coach, but also the this, the prized history of Nebraska, probably more so than Florida State. And and of course, this was like way, way back in the fifties and yeah, the sixties. Don't know nothing about that. But exactly, yeah. But I'm just yeah. like it's, it's possible. No. like, I'm 21 years old, and how I know about the 50s is because I at yeah, yeah, but you're a sports guy. Yeah, but you're more of a sports guy <laughs> off the field than you are on the field. Would this that be true. fair to say? This is true, yeah. Okay, yes. that's yes. fair
1: to say. Um, These guys now – and even, Will, you're 21, right? Yeah. You're 21. There's a big difference between 21 and 18 Yes. because of social media things these kids are they, they don't they don't really care yeah
2: yeah you know? i and I'm, I'm i'm three years going on four years removed from high school and there's a lot of differences that i can tell from from the kids then and versus now uh i real quick number 12 uh ranked oklahoma in, in this uh recruiting uh class they, they have 22 uh kids committed and or signed no five-star recruits and and that that kind of that kind of took me back and and uh, no, no, no quarterback that's signed to that to that program. Don't need one when you got one jumping in the portal soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I was and, thinking and too. keep that in mind too.
1: We 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 see these numbers. will and, and I know you keep bringing things. I keep shooting your, your, your hopes down. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, I, but I'm but, sorry.
2: I'm sorry that I forget about the portal. The portal is going to. Yeah. Uh, the portal is is yeah, here it's, it's, in, it's, in in the same moment as this. And forget about the 2020
1: uh, college draft. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I don't know if they're going to have it at Colorado. New York City or they're going to do it in Atlanta or Charlotte. Or where they're going to do it? But yeah, that's what it is. It's the draft for the 2020 season for college football. So so if yeah, you no, don't, don't what see. It is. Yeah, if you don't see it in their class that they just brought in, then you will see it in that in that portal. In that, I don't think they don't know somebody that has somebody talking to somebody. is going to jump in this portal. The yeah. thing is going to be that's why you're not going to see the second official really in February signing. They go away because it's a pre thing on in December to say okay if we can get these guys that we don't need them. But I can promise you as of this morning at eight o'clock you can promise you the conversation started being had behind closed doors on who's going in the portal. You want to jump in there, man? Get in there quick. I'll come get you. You know, it is what it is. It, it, it's a life raft, if you will, for some mm-hmm. coaches, right? Um, you know, now Nebraska, to stay on them just for a minute I, and I'll, I'll touch on your, I'll touch on your Oklahoma deal too. Um, they only had really honestly, um, they only really had one honestly miss yesterday. And that was Nebraska, uh, a four-star safety mouse Lusher, who flipped from Oregon to arkansas instead of going to nebraska now you got to tell me this (laughs) how in the world you flip from oregon to arkansas why in the world even the barbecue sucks in arkansas what are you gonna do in bar there's nothing in arkansas the only thing about arkansas that i enjoy was the road going through arkansas i'm just telling you i grew up in south carolina gets no love in a lot of things we don't get love for the amount of five-star dudes we got in the state we don't get no love for the amount of great food that's in the state look People will move here, all right? People from here don't move there. There's a reason for that, all right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to keep moving because one thing that is happening, and you saw Jalen you, you High and his family heading to Tennessee. You saw Kenny Solomon this time last year and his family moving to Tennessee, the volunteers. Now, Jeremy Pruitt quickly is developing a reputation uh, for, of course, saving uh, some good news for signing day. Now, it was no different on Wednesday when running back slash linebacker Lenith Whitehead kicking the day off and a commitment uh, followed by, of course, the flip of speedy quarterback Jimmy Holiday, who went to Tennessee from TCU. Then it was a massive defensive tackle, uh, Reginald Perry, a four-star defensive end, and Tyler Baring pledging as well. Now, a win for four-star uh, Morvin Joseph, who also uh, over Florida and Florida State was uh, the big finish in touches. Tennessee, of course, got bigger and better on Wednesday along with a wide receiver from the state of South Carolina out a Dutch Fork High School, and Jalen Hyatt, this kid, uh, you know, uh, was a beast. Uh, you might be able to pull up his stuff there. If you pull up Jalen Hyatt's stuff, you might be able to pull up um, on his Twitter page uh, what exactly uh, the Tennessee fans had to say or or the Tennessee uh, individuals that broke down uh, Mr. Hyatt and, and, and what he has to do. And I'm going to tell you one thing about it. It is funny because Jeremy Pruitt – At the beginning of the season, he was a guy who, you know, they were, what, one and three, one and two. Everybody wanted him out of there. The dumpster fire was real. Uh, He's not the right guy. And then all of a sudden, you know, he said, dude, I've done loving these dudes. Like, you know, love is something that you earned. It's not something that you do. And I know that doesn't sound right if you go out in different terminologies, but I'm going to show them this thing that we've invented called tough love. And he did exactly that. You see him not once but twice put his hands towards the, uh, the face mask of one of his players. He has that conversation. And, uh, and, and guess what? You know, he's a guy who has turned the heads of so many people, realistically, of, of so many people that when it's all said and done, he is just he's, – he's handling business. And he's winning. And they're, in the, they're, they're playing in a bowl game. Nobody thought. Matter of fact, I think more people thought that he was going to fail and not be in a bowl game then be in a bowl game. And this guy here has done everything that he needed to do. He turned the heads of the right amount of people. He has people believing uh, that, that things are happening. And now he's coming into the state of South Carolina, which listen, Tennessee has done that. This is not the first time. It's not the last time that, uh, that, that Tennessee is going to continue just to
2: kind of come through here and, uh, take competition. I'll tell you last year, Rocky top was a Rocky movie. Um, you know, this past season, and they, they produced a winning record from uh, from the month of September that looked like that they were just done before it even began. But, uh, you know, some of the comments that I have uh, seen, seen pulled up, somebody uh, people commenting to uh, Jeremy Pruitt's post on, on Twitter, welcome to Rocky Top, Jalen Hyatt, uh, hashtag to the top. And uh, some comments were made. Very cool, uh, very cool, uh, Pruitt, good job. Can't wait to see the Harrison Bailey-Jalen Hyatt connection uh, from uh, another – person replied yes from SC to UT uh and then I, I would imagine that uh Davin Wise uh the Twitter handle at Davin Wise um he commented representing uh DFHS at Dutch Fork High School to the fullest. I, I would imagine that he is a parent uh or a coach from from Dutch Fork. Uh, he's actually from Goose Creek, but nonetheless, um just a lot of love that uh that you see being given out from uh from those guys to Jalen Hyatt. Um and I, I can I can only imagine the, the great things that he's going to be able to do up there. You know, Jeremy Pruitt has done a, is doing a great job. He he's put the number 9 uh as it stands right now the number 9 um recruiting class in the country uh and and for good reason because because of these um uh because of these recruitments uh for these recruitings um that he's that he's getting involved in. Uh and of course we we had a chance to catch up with him uh 2 weeks ago at that uh the championship games. Uh, and you uh, you got the chance to speak to him just a little bit. Um, probably ask the question about um, about Jalen and what he thought of him.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, the thing he loves about him is he got the speed. And um, when you start to kind of look at, at the bigger picture things, and um, you you start to kind of put it together, you know, they like his attitude, they like his ability, they like everything that he brings to the table, not just on the field, because on the field matters, no doubt about it. You have to have the ability and all the things that come down with it. But you also have to have uh, the character off the field. And I think he fits with it. I think, you know, these coaches now, when they recruit the players, they're also recruiting with the parents. And I've had a chance to get to know both mom and dad there, and little brother, by the way, that's going to be a sophomore next year, who I look to him to do big things over at Dutch Fork to keep that uh, that last name being a big name there on the campus over at Dutch Fork. But, uh, you know, mom and dad have, have done a great job getting this young man prepared, getting him ready for the big move. And for me, you know, you, and I mentioned it earlier, you know, you had Davis over at Woodland, you have uh, Hyatt over there at Dutch 4th, both type uh, of, 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 I I say, four strong, uh, four-star receivers, five-star receivers that are leaving the state of South Carolina, heading to Power 5 conferences. Of course, Davis is heading up to Virginia. Hyatt heading over to, of course, uh, the likes of, of Tennessee. And hopefully we'll get that pulled up here in just a minute for you guys so y'all can hear uh, how they broke down Jalen Hyatt. He's been on the show numerous times. We've had a chance to, to, to let him kind of talk a little bit. Again, not just read about him, not just watch his film, but to hear the voice of the athlete on here is, is kind of what we do. But Tennessee, again, they're a team that I honestly feel like now he's gotten things together. I think now he's, he's at an ability to, to, to get these kids to say, look, what I'm asking you to do, it ain't going to be easy. But I've never received anything that I've appreciated easy. Nor have I taken care of anything I've ever gotten easy, neither. So I think you finally found it there, Will.
2: Yeah, I think it should be right here. Okay, so we're
1: gonna play this. This is the guys that broke down uh, the big uh, announcement with Jalen Hyatt coming on board as a Tennessee volunteer, guys.
3: Signing day 2020 continues. Charles Davis. Yes. It sounds like it sounds like a campaign slogan. Doesn't it? Well, it is a it campaign. It is a campaign. A campaign. For the volunteers to get back to top of the SEC East and the SEC. Itself. To the top. There you go. Bingo. And you get there with speed. No doubt about it. You get there with guys like Jalen Hyatt, Dutch Fork High School, Irmo, South Carolina. Let me read you the times. Please. 431 in the 40. That's verified. Yes. 10 6 in the 100 meters. So you can tell he's a track guy. Yeah, and that's part of our tradition here, isn't it? Wide receiver, you track you. Chuck Rowe started it years ago. Doug Dickey said, Let's marry the track programs. In- you get Richmond Flowers in here doing it for over 50 years. They got another guy to do it. Yeah, I'm loving that too because that's what we need. You know, in the end, for speed. And it means it at every position, not just at the wide receiver, not just the running back. Everyone's got to be able to run. This kid answers that, fits that bill perfectly. 66 catches this year. 26 touchdowns, 66 catches in a season. All right. I graduated 37 years ago, right? Came to the university of Tennessee. Yes. 66 catches would have been a career the way we played the game. Then now it's one season for these young people. All right. So the Madden attributes, let me see. Do we start with, go ahead, (sighs) ahead start with it. I love it. And then how about speed? speed, And then how about more? No, you've got other stuff. We actually could have done speed three times, but we added in his route running and his catching ability because he does it all equally well. Well, let's start with the speed. Here he is as a wide out. And look at the corner out there thinking to himself, who thought this was a good idea? And look at him come on an inside screen. Watch how he takes it all the way upfield and then just outruns everyone. Because an angle was there initially for the defensive back. How about the route running? Watch him get on top of this defensive back and go inside and just say, throw it as far as you can, young man. Throw it QB. QB one finds WR one touchdown because he just outruns everyone with good route running ability. All right, so there you go right there.
1: They talk Jalen Hyatt there, Will, and, uh, you know, you talk to winners and losers. And, and again, uh, a a big-time win there uh, for, for, of course, a lot of teams that you look at. And, uh, and within, I would say, the right way. And you kind of see some things here uh, when it comes down to it. But uh, Tennessee, a big winner there. Also, uh, moving the chains a little bit here down the line, uh, you know, South Carolina, a team that I would say won yesterday. Uh, you may have heard, of course, the top Gamecock uh, commit, only committed. Again, Jordan Burch as, uh, is, a, uh, is a commit, but he did not sign his letter of intent. Uh, the other, of course, uh, you know, you started kind of look and seeing uh, what they were able to do. Uh, At South Carolina getting Jaheimville, a uh, potential dominant pass catcher down the line. Of course, uh, the running back that they get. There's a lot of things I think that South Carolina has really put together. And, and, And it looks like to me, if they can stay healthy, South Carolina can be a competitive team inside the SEC Eastern side. Here's the only thing for the Gamecocks to look at. If you look at the top 15, the top 10, Tennessee, Florida, you know, Georgia, you know, the three teams that are around them, right, getting stronger getting better, getting bigger dudes on the campus. And they have coaches over there that I think they're continuing to do good things. Kirby Smart. Yeah. He, it says it in his last name. He's very smart. He's very methodical in the way that he recruits, the way that he brings guys on the campus. You know, a lot of people say kind of like, you know, you mentioned Oklahoma, you know, quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Well, Georgia's never really, I mean, they, they, they get the most fortunate dudes on there to quarterback. And they're three, four-year starters. I mean, that's just the way it is. Most programs, you get two-year starters. Maybe a year, but at least two, at most three, but usually two-year starters is about kind of kind of the lifelong of, of a college quarterback. Georgia, however, they give they, they give them to the stay number one. They give them to the play forever number two. I mentioned Mike Bobo yesterday on the show. Hell, I thought Mike Bobo was there for 15 years. His name never went away, and here now he's on the sideline for the Gamecocks. Huge move for South Carolina. I think that's going to pay dividends as well. It looks like they've hired Ole Miss's strength coach. That's also going to pay dividends as well uh, to get a guy in here. And, and again, I talked to a, a baseball player, uh, and Daniel Lloyd, who uh, played it, of course, at Somerville. Now he's a starting pitcher for the Gamecocks. And, and we talked about the strength and conditioning. And he came in yesterday in the weight room and worked out with us. He actually had um, uh, a kid who is from uh, Hanahan, his cousin, actually, that plays at Syracuse he shows up yesterday and I thought that was pretty cool to bring him in the weight room. And, um, you know, it's good for these kids to see you guys, by the way. So college athletes go back to your hometown and go back to your weight rooms and let these kids see you.
2: It's something that you continue to preach each and every day, every day. And and it's so true. It's so true.
1: Give it back. Uh, that being said, uh, you know, I think you look at, um, you know, just the many things. And, but I asked him the question about the strength and condition. He said, you know, Mr. Rich, I'll be honest with you. He said, You know, as well as any of us know, that it starts in the weight room, and and when a lot of dudes are getting hurt, you know, somebody's going to have to be held accountable, and they're going to probably lean more onto, you know, the nutrition part of things and things like that, so I couldn't agree uh, with them more. Now, so out of this, of course, we talked Nebraska, we talked about, of course, uh, South Carolina, we talked Tennessee, uh, Auburn, the Tigers, of course, flipped a a slooper. Uh, edge uh, prospect Romelo Height away from Miami and added uh, a very good defensive back and Eric Reed along with a linebacker Desmond Tissel, uh while signing uh, a, a much needed offensive line unit. Now, of course, they also held uh, the one running back asset, Tank Bigsby, and wide receiver Elijah uh, Cannon, despite a push from other SEC schools. But I think the biggest hire that they got, I think the biggest recruit that they picked up was Chad Morris. I think picking up Chad Morris to come in here, he was at Arkansas, of course, uh, didn't go so well. He's the guy who I say this all the time. It, 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 just because you're a great coordinator doesn't make you a great head coach. Just because you were a great player doesn't make you a great coach. And although great coaches probably were great players, uh, you know, it's just you got to get in where you fit in and grow where you're planted. And I think Chad Morris going in there and, and doing what he does and, and letting that coaching staff over there and let him just push the buttons and play the game, I, I think Auburn's going to be a dangerous team here in the next couple of years. And it's not going to take them long because they already got the dudes on the field.
2: Yeah. And, uh, you know, Gus Miles on the, the head coach for Auburn there in um, that program that he's always going to be on the hot seat. I mean, it, it's brought up at least e- each and every year from, from the first three or four games talking about, uh, Oh, like his, his job is on the line. Well, I mean that, that's just, that's just the, the nature of the head coach and how it comes up. And, you know, Chad Morris being hired on, uh, to play to play for that program or or to to coach that program i think that takes a lot of stress off of his shoulders now cuz he he's able to focus more uh in on and and not so much running around um i i i think i mentioned uh, jeff scott who was um he was an offensive coordinator at clemson and now he's the uh now he's the head coach for usf uh then the bulls there in south florida right. in the, in the green and gold and he he talked about on this one podcast i listened to earlier this week talking about how uh, he didn't know how how much uh, stress actually came with the job of uh, you know having to go to all these recruiting visits and home visits and uh, you know all this running around and uh, and he he was able to he um, I think he got home at at, at twelve thirty one night and then woke up at three thirty in the morning to to type his um, he he to type his speech. Uh, before his uh, official announcement to be the head coach, right, and just just to hear it in in his voice, like he he was taken aback by it, of course, because it, this is his first ever head coaching job and being in this position, and so I I think it's a very new and unique to him. I think that he'll I, I believe I have faith in him that he'll be able to um, live up to to a head coach's job the way it's supposed to be. But like you said, not all coaches are meant to be head coaches, they're usually meant to be position or, or coordinators, but um, we'll see with that. And then, you know, going back to, with Chad Morris, I think that it was a great hire for, for Auburn to uh, bring him in and and he's an offensive minded coach, right? Yeah. And so he'll be able to uh, just stick with offense and and be able to do what he needs to do and do what he does. Great. Which is coaching offense.
1: Yeah. We'll wait and see again. I don't think it's a bad move anytime you bring a guy in like Chad Morris to be uh, a coordinator on your team, uh, I think Mike Bobo, I'm not going to say he's not a great head coach, but I do think he's a really good offensive coordinator. He's a quarterback guru, uh, a uh, very much like kind of like Gruden. You know, Gruden can kind of fine-tune a lot of quarterbacks. The difference is John Gruden is probably good at anything he does uh, as he coaches over there at the Raiders right now. Um, let's talk some losers real quick here. Uh, as uh, We've got about 10 minutes left of the show here. Now, Florida kind of continues to be at the top of the heat here, and it's funny to me because people – I get it. It's an early signing period. So to say they lost, the season is not over when it comes to recruiting signing day yet. This is the early signing period, so they didn't win yesterday. Uh, It'd be kind of the better way to put it. But, of course, uh, now the Gators uh, could be the big winner of the day uh, with multiple flips on the table. Uh, You know, that's what a lot of people were looking at. But uh, so many guys did not flip. So many guys did not come uh, to Florida. And they've got dudes, again, as I keep using the word dudes uh, when it comes to the players there on the football field with them. But they have got guys all over the field. You know, I think the biggest thing they have is uh, is the coach there. Dan Mullen is is an incredible coach. I've never had a chance to talk to him, but I can only imagine uh, he's as good of a person as he is a coach. He's very honest. He seems to be very upfront with his athletes there on the field. Now, um, you know, when you were looking at, at different guys to do different things, it just didn't happen. I think there was a lot of guys they thought that, that you know, you were going to see flipping over from one school to the next school, but not a lot of flips came Florida's way. That's all right, though. That happens. The other schools, of course, Miami. Now, heading down south uh, in the Sunshine State, as we started up there in Gainesville, we will go to Florida State because I want to cover this whole, uh, you know, this whole Sunshine State real quick and and the mindset because you did bring in uh, the new coach over there at uh, USF, right? Right. And uh, so we'll we'll do a little bit of that. But uh, now, heading down in the south in the state of Florida, of course, you'll find the Hurricanes kind of limping around early in the signing day as Manny Diaz, of course, and the staff. You know, go back on his. uh, You know, saw Romello Height go back on his verbal in favor of Auburn and a uh, one-time commit Uh, Jaden Francois, which we mentioned as well, elected to play at Nebraska. So they lost not one but two guys. Also, uh, a hat on the table for uh, one Miami guy who's still a solid standing class at at number 18 nationally. So you, you you see Miami, they're there. They're one of the top 25 teams that I mentioned, right? But because of the fact that you're Miami and there's so many kids just in your area alone, just in the the, the city limits of Miami, the region of Miami alone, seven, seven state championships for the state of Florida came out of your area. How you can't recruit game changers, playmakers, and things off of those campuses yeah. shows me that the staff you got. Ain't the yep.
2: that you need, yeah. They started out ranked 14th and then they slipped down to 18th by the end of Wednesday, uh, by the end of yesterday. And, and it, it's still a good class for the Miami Hurricanes, but it yesterday could have gone a lot better for them. It, it's a good class for anybody else but the Hurricanes, so yeah. That's probably, <laughs> yeah, probably, probably that's better. probably, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a fair point to make. Uh, yeah. if for, you're for Miami them.
1: and you're not in the top 15, top 10, again. You know, it's, it's one thing to have to go up the hill five miles and through the snow and, and, and over the lakes to go get some bread. But, dude, when you just got to walk out of your back porch and get the bread off the back door, it, 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 there it is. And, and it is there for you. It is there for South Florida. It is there for Central Florida. It is there for the Florida State Seminoles. You know, you start kind of putting all these things together. And you and, and you you get you, you wanted to talk a little about Florida State, and I'll, I'll give you the, your due here because here's the thing with Florida State. You know, I get the Seminoles, okay? Perfect day for the Seminoles. You know, they got a new head coach. They got things kind of running around here. Now, quarterback, uh, I believe you pronounce his name, Trouba Purdy uh, from the conference for Louisville. Purdy, of course, was a 2nd pledge. Mike Norville and his staff turned from the Cardinals, also getting a uh, a Josh, what, was it Griff? Josh Griff. Yep, and a running back, uh, Brian Robinson, and um, another kid that came in here. So, they, they were able to flip a few kids. And, and again, you're Florida State it can't be, it's not hard. It's not hard. You're Florida state. I mean, if if that's the rate, you know, all you got to do is say, look, here's what we can do. Here's the coaching staff. We got, here's a conference we're in. You want to be on national TV day in and day out. We got you. What do you not have at Florida state that you would have anywhere else? Why you want to go to Alabama where you're probably going to sit on the sideline and wait a year or two to play. Yeah. You want to go to Clemson where you might not ever play. You want to go here. You want to go there. What's the reasoning you don't want to come to Florida State? I think that's what coaches need to realize. Why are they going to and, – and, again, I get it, coaches. You've already asked this question. But why are they not coming to your school? Why are they not going to your school? Is it, it used to be TV time. The SEC, they hit the home run with that one, the SEC network, and always having them on TV. And then they were always on TV anyways because nationally they were the best conference in the country, hands down, by many, many moons. Now teams have caught up to them a little bit facilities have caught up to them a little bit you see in the fcs they've caught up to them so much has changed even the little boys have big time conference channels so you're seeing it with espn plus and all this so now tv time is not a problem playing time should be the question
2: No, yeah and and if you're
1: not getting playing time why are you going to go sit there and get a ring it's like it's like riding somebody else's coattail you want a championship ring and they're going to say well cool man that's awesome and they might not but i would i'm that guy well, what position did you play? Oh, well, I didn't play. Yeah. What play did you make? Oh, I didn't make one.
2: Okay, well, why do you have a ring? Well, the, the, you bringing this up is another topic of conversation that, that that just made me think, you know, if if some of these um if if some of these uh kids that that go to one program or they're committed to a program and then flip, it's usually because of that very reason that they're they're most likely guaranteed playing time uh whenever they whenever they come in as a, as a true freshman or or being redshirted for that matter and um, and going back on Florida State, you know Mike, Mike Norvell, he's only been on the job for what twelve days. He coached that he coached a conference uh, title not too long ago, and uh, there was a lot that that he and his staff uh, deserve credit for 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 what they have achieved in such little time. You know, like we we read um, the these um, all these commits that they have uh, and all the ones that are signed, and they had the number twenty one. Uh, ranked class you know they they flipped the four four star quarterback away from Louisville landed a four star wide receiver another three star wide receiver and uh, a three star defensive end uh to come back into the fold and signed after uh, a bri- another brief commitment to uh Louisville and and the the quarterback uh uh Chuba right. we 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 were trying to debate how to pronounce his name Chuba Purdy, uh he he has a real opportunity to impact the program uh right away and and uh, getting that, uh, getting him into the QB room uh, and, and right and landing him, uh, it, it's it's a game changer, is what it is.
1: Yeah, because you you look at it and realistically, they had to go all the way to the state of Arizona to, uh, to to put it together. I believe you say we have a caller here, so we'll uh, we'll head over to the uh, Mantsberger's Hotlines and uh, say top of the morning, welcome to Southern Sports Central. Who's with us?
6: Good morning, this is Bulldog Burt from Saluda, South Carolina How y'all doing this morning?
1: Hey there Bulldog, long time no here, And uh, <laughs> it's nice to hear you on our show And uh, we've been tuning in to you guys on Tuesday So uh, welcome in there Bulldog
6: Yes sir, and I tell you what uh, It's it's really a, a, a great show First time I've ever listened in And really enjoying you and Will this morning
1: well, we appreciate you guys, man. We, uh, you know, Will, I brought him in here. Uh, this kid is, uh, I always, I describe him, Bulldog, as a guy. You remember the toys we used to have where you wind them up, the cars, and you put them down, and they just go 1,000 miles an hour? You have no idea which way they're going to go? That's, <laughs> That's right. Will. Will's That's got right. all this that... energy, man. I just have to direct him every once in a while, but. Uh, I'm going to take that as a compliment. That is a compliment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but he's he does a That's great our... job, and he helps me out.
6: That's sort of like our national signing day. We don't know how the classes are going to end up, (laughs) but we know that uh, uh, Clemson, South Carolina, and the University of Georgia all did great yesterday on early signing day. It's going to be extremely important that uh, we have a good ending to this come, uh, is it February, that they will put the final touches on everything. So, uh, that's very important, and 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 to look at look at those young men that are coming on the field, uh, a new breed of uh, players coming in, it's going to be exciting. Yeah,
1: no, I, I agree with you. And, and the thing is, uh, Bulldog, when you when you put it together, and we said this earlier, you know, and and you and I have been doing this a long time. We see a lot of guys, even the kid yesterday at South Carolina, which kind of made me kind of mad. Uh, for him mm-hmm. just to come on there and put a hat on and not sign his name, it's like, what's the point, dude? You should have done this, you know, weeks ago. This was not for the guys that wear hats. This is for the guys who signed autographs, you know, and that's what we want your autograph today. We, we wear a hat tomorrow or yesterday. Um, but but for that, yeah, South Carolina, I thought, looked really good. They did what they need to do. Clemson, yeah, psh, Clemson's Clemson, man. they just, you know, when you win national titles, guys are begging to get in your campus. I mean, even, you know, people are signing on board to be a five-star water boy. Uh, you get Georgia, Kirby Smart, same thing. Kirby, de- he, you know, he does a great job. I mean, these guys, yeah, they tripped up a bit in the uh, the SEC championship game, but but they're not going anywhere. Yeah. You know, Georgia, Georgia. You know, that's just kind of you look at it. But the question, the problem I got, and, and you cover Saluda, but you also cover high school football. So you and I are brothers
2: uh, mm-hmm. by
1: design here. Um, yeah, There's a kid up there where you guys are at, Noah Bell. I, I watched a game on Saturday uh, called the uh, Army-Navy mm-hmm. game. And, of course, Navy's quarterback looked legit. But it was like looking at a time capsule. Uh, of what he would have looked like years ago in his high school days, and a kid named Noah Bell comes to mind. It's same style, same attitude, same personality, same everything. Just a couple of years older than Noah is. Uh, what's the word out of the camp over there with you guys? Which, first of all, let's let's go back a little bit. Congratulations on your state championship game. Uh, way to go, and and Fine. and take care of business there. And the way that you did it, I thought was incredible. And just we, you know, because of social media, and of course, I bring Will in here, and, and I'm a little bit deeper into the Saluda family now than I was, knowing a little bit more, but. Saluda's been around a long time. You know, I, I'm 41, so I've followed high school football since day one of, of me walking on this earth. And and that being said, I've known Saluda's been around, right? They've always had what they've mm-hmm. had. There's nothing to do on Friday nights, but Friday night football. And I think that's a great problem to have. But going back to uh, the young man, Noah Bell, what's the status on this guy? We had him on the show a couple of weeks ago, which you guys have done a great job. His mom and dad have raised a, mm-hmm. a, a five-star kid off the field as well. But Where's he at with his recruiting process? I know he's got two or three schools after him. Uh, Any word from him yesterday or in the future?
6: Well, the Post and Courier come out with an article about Noah Bell, and uh, he got an offer uh, there at the North-South game from Newberry College, which is just right up the road here. Uh, And I thought that was exceptional for him to get that offer. He previously had another offer from Wingate, uh, some other schools have took a look at him, but haven't bit. But uh, I, I think that is really going to be uh, his cup of tea. Um, and you know, Newberry College has historically turned out some great players over the years. Um, even though you don't have that, you know, ESPN um, look at every every day by the, you know the NFL. Uh, they still uh, are able to scout over there. And uh, so I I think that's going to be good for him and his family. They're here in Saluda. And uh, that's, you know, as well as I do with the Burt's kid going to South Carolina, uh, that's a lot of, I think that's a lot of his decision there is, you know, everybody wants to be close to mama. Uh, Most, most kids do. So, uh, you know, and I and and I think that would, you know, work into work into the things too. And I and I wouldn't be surprised if um if Jordan Birch don't sign, you know I I don't know how it works, uh, either today or, you know, by the end of the week or uh I don't know what he's holding out for, but you know, I I'm expecting him to sign with South Carolina any minute.
1: Yeah, I would agree with you, Bulldog. Unfortunately, uh, we've only got a couple of minutes here, but I want to invite you tomorrow morning, uh, and I'll kind of leave the door open for you. If you can get in here between, and I know it may be tough, anywhere between 7 and, and, and 8.30, that way I can give you a lot of time because there's there's a lot of questions I got on Saluda. There's a lot of questions on some kids on the mm-hmm. other day that I know you follow well, and I'd love to. You know, I'm a guy that, hey, man, I, I'm all about the one through three. Uh, I think those are small town USAs. That's what high school Friday night lights were like back in the day for the four and five A's. And uh, those towns get a little bit bigger, sometimes kind of get lost in translation. You get a lot of these guys moving in from outside, and they don't understand their tradition. You know, I'm down here in Somerville. I'm the voice of the green wave. But I love on all of our kids here in the low country all the way up there where you guys are at. But on Friday Night Lights, uh, you know, I do what I do with ESPN and and, and Somerville with Will and myself and a couple of other guys to put a show together. But I, I tell these guys all the time, look, just because you move in from outside, you need to learn the culture to where you're moving to, right? The culture didn't move to you. You moved to them. And you need to understand that, hey, Friday nights are for the, for the high school kids. You know, let's love on them a little bit. Let's, uh, let's show out and show up. And, uh, I, again, uh, I thank you so much for what you do for high school sports. Uh, you put a lot of time in it. Yeah. Here. You and I have had a chance to get to know each other this week. And, uh, man, I, mm-hmm. I do appreciate you. And I'm glad to have you part of what we do. And uh, let's team up together and let's, uh, let's educate some people.
6: So I'll definitely call in tomorrow because tomorrow is going to be the big day when the recruit when the uh, realignment is coming yes, out, and that's going to be <laughs> the topic of the day.
1: And I gave you a little love. I didn't say where I got it from <laughs> when I saw <laughs> some uh, the realignment stuff, but for you guys that are listening, uh, you know the source is very close to you right now, and it ain't me. Uh, of what I got, what I got, and. Uh, I appreciate you, man, and much love for you and your group up there in Saluda. And tell those guys congratulations, man. We'll we'll keep celebrating with you, and we'll talk to you tomorrow, Bulldog.
6: We'll talk to you tomorrow.
1: All right, guys, there you go. Bulldog all the way from Saluda, South Carolina, man. Saluda now, if you're on Facebook, go check it out. Those guys are awesome, man. It's it's a small, small town USA. They don't have a huddle house, but they got a Bulldog. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah, every every Tuesday at uh Migs Pizza Castle, that's that's the local um one of the local stores, uh one of the local restaurants that they have over right. there and every time that I get the chance to go home, I think we my parents we always try to uh make an opportunity to go over there. Right. Plus it's walking distance from my house, uh back home. So I mean it is what Well <laughs> maybe we'll go do a show there with we'll talk <laughs> and we'll
1: go have some fun, guys. Uh on behalf of all of us here at Southern Sports Central, we thank you for our the opportunity to broadcast here you on a Thursday morning. God bless. Take care. Uh, also a quick shout out to Lou Jack He's from the state paper updates us and uh, keeps us in the loop with everything tomorrow. Uh, we will check in with Ben Moore from 24 seven sports. Uh, he'll check in with us. Uh, we may have a guy from Florida state jump in. We're definitely going to have bulldog jump in. Uh, we got a lot of things going on because they are going to announce the alignment of uh, the realignment proposal for the 2020 season and a couple of more here. So uh, stay tuned on behalf of, Will Porter, I'm Rich Alvin. Thank God bless. Take care. We'll see you tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. I'm stuck
0: in fulsome prison, and time keeps dragging on. But that train keeps rolling on down the